Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Tuesday night's best night of the week, and we welcome you to the Wise Guys, Dave McCann. Brian Logan, remember last week when we said, hey, we'd like to have you on the show again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you're back. I, I welcome. I, uh, I spoke it into existence. <laughs> Blaine Fowler's on uh, business out of the country, and, uh, and so he's out, you're in, and uh, the Wise Guys, you know, megaphone of, of around the world goes on. And so it's good to have good to have you with us on this uh, brand new week. And every week there's just more and more stuff. You know, we're we're so far away from football season, and yet we got plenty to talk about. You know, it's it's um it's 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 a boring time, but it's an, it's an exciting time as yeah. well. Boring because we don't get to see the actual game being played, but exciting because of the different headlines. Right? right. Somebody's transferring. Somebody new's coming in. Um, um, you know, we we look at the NFL, and you look at uh, guys like like Zach Wilson and yeah. um, Aaron Rodgers, and, and and the big trades that's going on there. So, football. This is what I love about football. It's never a it's never an off season. No, right? We used to, we used to wear that growing up, having t shirts that there is no off season. But getting into the media and you and you hear the storylines, there's something new happening every day. The McCanns make room for the Cubs. Uh, so there is a baseball season, but only until they're mathematically eliminated. So for most of our childhood, that got us through May. Uh, now that they're good, we can at least get through July and sometimes August, maybe maybe in September. But uh, it is a year-round thing now. We invite you to follow us on YouTube. Uh, just hit the subscribe button. It's free. Um, Click the bell, and that'll get you uh, notifications when we post something new or when we go live. The more subscribers we get, the longer we can do the show. So we're also live tonight on Facebook, on Twitch, and WiseGuys, YSGuys.com. We'll be up with the podcast tomorrow. Uh, at YSGuys.com, you can follow us and get our weekly email, which is highlights of the show. Also, there are all our interviews waiting for you, including with Brian Logan, Danny Ainge, Marie Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Ty Detmer, Kyle Van Noy, Max Hall, Elaine Bradley, Matt and Savannah Shaw, and a slew of others. They're all waiting for you at ysguys.com. On tonight's show, how about the NFL draft? It's just a few days away now. There's a lot going on for future Cougars. I'm, I'm excited for those guys. Um... I, th- I think more than anything, I'm excited for for Jaron and him getting drafted, and and what a recruiting tool um, that A Rod is going to have yeah. to say, look, look how many guys um, that are in the in the NFL right now, and that the last couple of years have got drafted um, to be able to use that to go out as a recruiting tool and say this could be you, right? Right. Especially for them leaving early. Right. When you think about it, Zach went early. Uh, Jaron yep. went early. Puka's going early. Blake Freeland's going early. Yep. Brady Christensen went early. Yep. Uh, but but they go, and, and what do you lose? You lose those guys, which you hate, but look what you gain. Yeah. You're in the business of putting guys in the NFL. And is that not why you went to college? You want to go to the show? Isn't it's, that what everyone wants to do? It's the only reason why. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I said this earlier today. If, if, if there's a, a kid that went to school, played football, and said that they didn't want to go to the NFL, they're lying. 
Right. They're, they're lying. Yeah. They're lying. They're, they're, especially they're lying to themselves, right? Like everybody that plays at this level, we have dreams of, of getting here, but the, the biggest dream, the biggest goal is getting to that next level. I was, I remember uh, calling games at UNLV and for the basketball team and you talk to guys and that they're, they're all going to the show and i'm like dude you're sitting at the end of the bench you never get in everybody's Go going to, to class you should you should you should have heard the conversations that i had um at junior college everybody was like i'm going to the league man oh when i get to the league i'm gonna do this and when i get to the league i'm doing this i'm like yo we're at JC right now. <laughs> We're not even at a T1 yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Brandon Doman, former BYU quarterback, he's going to join us a bit later tonight. He was drafted by the 49ers in the fifth round. So we're going to talk about getting drafted, what it's like to get the call, what he projects for Brandon Doman, or not for what he projects for uh, Jaron Hall for this week, and also what Brandon Doman thinks about Zach Wilson and the Aaron Rodgers relationship and how that might play out. So Doman's coming up a bit later. The football team is now officially on the clock with spring practice over. The countdown's on to the Big 12, former Cougar tight end, and the father of BYU's current tight end, Byron Rex, is going to join the show tonight. There's a picture that uh, that I tweeted out of, uh, of Byron on the cart with Isaac when they took him off the field at, at mm. USC with the, with the broken ankle. And, and so often we have father and son great moments. Now, here's a father and son tough moment that I want to talk to him about, yeah. what that was like. And, and Isaac's still trying to recover from that, right? He was slowed by it all last season, yeah. and he feels like he'll be ready to go in September. But what a brutal injury. But we're going to get the dad's perspective on riding on the cart out of the Coliseum. That, that, is, that would be a, an interesting perspective. Um, you know, I, I have two boys, 11 and 7. Um, my 11-year-old, loves he loves football. And when he makes a play, I make a play. When he when he misses a tackle, I miss a tackle. You know, um, obviously it's, it's peewees. And it's not the, the, the level that we're talking about. But it, it would be it'd be good to 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 see if as a father, if, if that sticks, if that still stays with you, you know, at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to find out here in just a few minutes. Bring your questions to our live stream again. We're on YouTube, Twitch and Facebook. We'd love to have you chime in. A few of uh, folks have already. And so have my kids. Happy birthday. Thanks, Happy birthday, guys. Dad. Yeah. This is a big day. It's a big day for the McCanns. Um, and also tonight, uh, BYU basketball lands a big commit that Colin Chandler is going to be happy about when he gets home from his mission. And uh, we've got much, much more. Let's start with the headlines, and they start with the draft, Bilo. Uh, NFL draft is this weekend in Kansas City. Is it always in Kansas City? No, no, just this week, just this year. Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Blake Freeland um, all have opportunities to, to get their names called. Um, draft note, seven rounds, 259 total selections. Out of all the college football players at all the levels, just 259. TV coverage, first rounds Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern time on ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network. Then on Friday, the second and third rounds. That's going to be one we're going to be watching closely with yeah. Freeland and, and uh, with Hall. Friday night, 7 Eastern, ABC, ESPN, NFL Network. And then rounds 4 through 7, everybody else, Saturday, noon Eastern time. It starts ABC, ESPN, and the uh, NFL Network. What do you think? What do you think? What round do you think for Freeland? He's often been talked about as potentially the highest of the three. And there are others. Caleb Hayes and some of the others are hoping to get their names called too, but... 
a lot of the focus has been on the big three. Yeah, I, I think I think third round uh, makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he went second, late uh, second, just just because of of the splash and the headlines that he made at the combine. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you, you put up those type of numbers and you and you break records. You're gonna you're gonna turn some heads. And the, the thing why why it wouldn't surprise me if he went to the second round is is or, or you know high as high as that is because he has the film to to match it yep. right. So if you have film and size, right? Yeah, he had a great combine, right? All those things literally get you know shoot you up higher and higher and higher. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. I, 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 and it also you know it wouldn't surprise me if Puka got got went went first um, over over Jaren. Really, just because of again of he, he has good need. film. And he he was making splashes again, you know, at the at the senior bowl before, you know, getting hurt. So I, I think I think if any coach or team does their investigation um, and and digs into the injuries and if they could overlook that, it wouldn't surprise me. I hope Puka goes to the Chiefs. I think that'd be great for him in that offense with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Um, oh yeah, Jaron yeah. Hall. I I don't know. You know, I, I read anywhere between possibly as high as three, maybe five, yeah. six. But what matters is the situation. That's what I'll be watching. Just like Tyler Algier, he didn't go until the fifth round, but he ended up starting for the Falcons and rushed right. for over a thousand yards. Right. So situation is what I'm looking for there. Uh, That's a good point. It's going to be exciting. The transfer portal continues to give, and and sometimes it takes, but the Cougars add Weber State offensive lineman Jake Eichhorn, 6'5", 285. He's got three years of eligibility, so he'll be able to come in. They'll get him up to around 300. That's where they like him, 3, 315. So he's got to put on a few pounds, but but he's coming in to add more beef to the trench, and trench warfare is what wins in P5 football. You know, I, I had a, an opportunity to talk to him earlier today, actually. Um, so impressed with this kid. Um, his maturity, um, his his desire and his hunger to want to be great. Um, really, really excited to see, you know, where he comes in, but then how he finishes because he, he has this 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 mindset of, of always wanting to push himself. And so, um, you know, been through a little bit of struggles. Um, you know, growing up and and it, within within his environment, I think that that has um, shaped his personality and the qualities that you need and, and that you want in alignment uh, to compete, uh, to want to get better, and and obviously to you know be a little nasty as well at, at times. So it, it'll be it'll be exciting to see um, you know where his future in, lies uh, when he's done. Byron Rex joins us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, before we get to him, some rule changes approved that are going to change the game. We're going to notice right away, September 2nd, uh, starting this fall, the clock's not going to stop after first downs. That changes a rule that's been in place since 1968. Now, Dennis Dodd of CBS reported the Rules Committee believes that allowing the clock to run after timeouts will reduce the number of plays by seven per game. The clock will still stop. On first downs with the last two minutes of the first half and the last two minutes of the game. Everything else is like the NFL. Just keeps running. Seven plays. I did an article this last week. I thought, I started thinking about seven plays. You trim from the bottom, you know. Mm -hmm. Those seven plays, BYU had a lot of ups and downs, but a lot of ups in the last seven plays of a whole lot of games. (laughs) And you go back to... uh, 
Nebraska. You go back all the way to the Holiday Bowl with Jim McMahon's Hail Mary mm-hmm. and all the games in between. Seven plays is a lot. What do you think will do that will do to an offense on uh, an offensive game plan, knowing that the clock's not going to stop? <sighs> The first thing I thought of, obviously, was was from the defensive side. Yeah. You know, is seven plays going to reduce um, maybe injuries or, or fatigue? And then I started thinking about it from from the offensive side. Um, how does that how does that change? You know, up tempo, right? Do you, do guys do, do teams want to go up tempo more, or um, you know, does that how would how would that affect play calling? Um, you know, do we want to be more aggressive, right? Because the the time is the time is running out. So I I don't know. It, it's um, I I I think there's a lot of unknowns with it. I don't think this is a negative thing. The only thing I, I see this as a positive is that we get to go home earlier. Yeah. Well, I don't like that. I, I say play fewer commercials if you want us to go home. Right. Right. You That's know, they're going to cut seven plays out, but the the timeout in the third quarter is going to be three minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, trim that, yeah. uh, especially on cold nights. But uh, but they do want the game. Everything Everybody wants everything to speed up. They want golfers to play faster. They want yeah. baseball games to put in a pitch clock this year. They want baseball games to be yeah. reduced because, uh, you know, in areas, some people aren't going to the games. Yeah. Well, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that's not a problem. But yeah. on a late 8 o'clock start... You know, take, how about we lose some of those three minute and fifty second commercials back to back while we're while we're freezing to death? But uh, also, you can't call consecutive timeouts. That's a new rule, which which we usually see when they're trying to freeze yeah. a kicker. Yep. So that's out. I, I like that. I like that. It's, the, it's kind of annoying when coaches do that for yeah, me. Yeah. So or when they psych out, they everyone thinks they're going to call a timeout, then right. they don't, yeah, and they, right, then right, they're right. off. Uh, and penalties that occur at the end of the first and third quarters will be enforced on the first play of the following quarter so you won't have uh you won't take 10 minutes to play one more untimed down at the end of the first quarter right. because there was a penalty everyone's in a hurry they want to speed up uh, the game what you know one thing that that we don't want to do as we sit here in in late april is think about a faster football game <laughs> because because that's what we love right right uh, but we could probably do with some shorter commercial breaks tcu by the way uh has decided now that byu's in the big 12 that they are not going to allow single-game ticket sales for that game, BYU at TCU, and for the TCU-Texas game. This is an effort to minimize the number of Cougar fans that would buy them up and crash the party. (laughs) TCU is in the Mountain West. They know what BYU fans are capable of. Were you surprised that they came out with the announcement of, here's what we're going to do. Outside of the ticket allotment that BYU's given, (laughs) no more Cougar fans in the stadium. You know, at first I thought this was a way for them to increase their uh, their alcohol sales, you know, because. <laughs> <laughs> but what about the Sprite vendor? He's out of luck. Well, you know what? That's a, that's a good point, too. Um, but but then as I as I you know read a little bit more into this, I, I saw, you know, Texas as well. So I, I immediately thought, well, do Texas fans travel well as well? You know, because. Why, why is it just BYU and Texas? Why can't yeah. you sell out your own small stadium? Right. You went in the national championship game. It's like 25. That, that is. Well, There's a little bit more because they, they expanded it out. I was going to say that. Um, when I played, it was it looked like a junior college or a high school, you know, yeah. stadium. Um, They've jazzed it up. I think they seat 45. But just yeah. imagine after doing all this 
if uh, when BYU takes the field, if, if there's a thunderous roar in there, and the frogs are to go, we can't stop them. Somehow they got in. It's like uh, it's like Christmas. The Grinch couldn't stop it. How how can, it just kept coming? How do, how can they determine who's a BYU fan and who's not? Well, you buy the I think you got to. I think you have to um, be a, a ticket holder oh. or or promise future. Say, uh, season tickets or whatever okay. they're calling it the keep it purple day which mm. just means keep the blue out day. right 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 and right, right. Uh, and the burn orange you know i i get that because you're right there like that uh, okay, dallas yeah, that is that a that texas market yeah but um but so is byu you right. know the the alumni in the dallas area they would they would fill that stadium we're everywhere yeah so li- it's, no li- uh, no literally Listen, everybody listen, listen to me that's watching this. We are everywhere. Where's my camera at? Preach where's, below. Where's my camera at? This one? We're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Well, BYU's also getting Big 12 ready here at home, announcing renovation plans today for the Student Athletic Building. It'll expand the football offices. The conference is bigger. The staff is bigger. The team's bigger. And the Cougars need a bigger workspace. So they announced that today. And everything's... Yeah, growing. Yeah, yeah. Th- this, to, this, right? is, this is exciting. Um, I think I think a key word here is is being modern, right? Is yeah. is you know w- these kids nowadays when, when they come in, um, if you don't have the the top tier, right? If 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 you have facilities that are even five, you know, six years old, versus you know them going to to other t- other schools and they have state of the art. I mean. It's 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 a it's a big difference in perception, yeah. right? Um, and perception is huge when it comes to to recruiting. I, I when I got recruited, I got recruited by um, my official visits, uh, Sacramento State and then Utah State, and then I came to BYU in that in that order. When I came to BYU from those other schools, I was like, oh, this is this is another level. I yeah. literally I was blown away, and all I could think of was like, this is big time football. Um, it didn't even matter about, you know, Utah State's records or, or that Sac State was in, um, you know, and, and that, well, they were Division AA at the time. Right. Um, it, those didn't even matter. I was just like, this is what it's like to play big time ball. And, and the like having the state of the art facilities, the indoor practice facilities. So snow wasn't a problem. I was like, I, I don't know about the snow, but then I, had, I saw the indoor <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could, I could make it. I'm yeah. Good. So you made I, the right decision. I'm happy I did. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> All right, here are some key dates. They'll fire up our first guest. The, the transfer portal closes Sunday. July 1st, BYU joins the Big 12. It's also the Stadium of Fire with Journey, July 1st. July 12th through the 13th is Big 12 Media Days in Arlington, Texas. July 18th, the NFL training camps open with rookies reporting. July 25th, after further review, kicks off its 10th season on BYU TV. How about August 3rd? 10 seasons. Wow. Jets, Browns. Zach Wilson, Sione Takitaki, NFL Hall of Fame game. That's interesting. And you know what? Zach's probably going to play in that game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Typically, he wouldn't. But now yeah. he's the backup. And right. so we might see him in that first one. And then September 2nd, Sam Houston at BYU. And, uh, and we'll be knee-deep and neck-deep in football once again. Our first guest is living the dream. Not only did he catch touchdown passes from Ty Detmer, John Walsh, and Ryan Hancock at BYU, but his sons Isaac and Preston are following in his footsteps, and most notably, he and his wife Amy have become grandparents for the very first time. Our pleasure to welcome Byron Rex to the Wise Guys. Byron, good evening. Dave, how you doing? Brian, how you guys doing? We're doing awesome. Doing Thank you for joining us. So, look, how great is it to be a grandparent? 
Oh my gosh. I see it's it's easy. Everyone asks me how is it to be a grandparent? I said, I got the easy job and that's not the miracle that I'm a grandparent. The miracle is that Isaac's a father. So the fact that he's a dad, uh, that's that's the part uh, that shocks me. Kids raising kids, Brian and Dave, is uh, <laughs> always an interesting adventure. So Isaac and Lexi welcome Luca into the family earlier this month. Uh, yeah. What was that experience like from your perspective as the dad of the dad? Well, as the dad of the dad, nothing to make you feel older than going to an alumni game on a Friday and then having a grandchild on a Tuesday. So between those two things, I have never felt older. Um, yeah, I had no business. Uh, I was watching Brian do his thing on defense, and, and I was going nowhere near Brian uh, on the other uh, royal team. As, or no, I was royal, I guess. Uh, shows you how much I played. Uh, and um, Navy was uh, Brian's team. So, yeah, that'll make you feel old, Dave. Um, I know you got a few grandkids of your own. But, yeah, um, they're the best. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Awesome. Once they, start, uh, once they start acting like they like you more than their parents, it's the best for a grandpa. Oh, I can't wait. You know, you know what? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, I have two boys, 11 and 7, and they have a, a great relationship with, with my mom. And, and I did growing up. I had a great relationship with, with my grandma. And yeah. I, I thought that I was going to dread that feeling of them liking, you know, my, my mom more. <laughs> but it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's really a, it's the best feeling in the world. Um, what, what's not the best feeling in the world is when I go and pick them up at 10 o'clock. Right. And, I, and they have Skittles and Starburst. <laughs> and I'm like, I look at my mom, I'm like, Ma. Do yeah. unto others. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want Granny to do this to me when when I was when I was growing up. So why are you doing this to me? It's all new rules. And she says, you know what? I'm just getting you back for all those times you put me through, you know, um, you know, havocs, uh, you know, as a as a parent. So this is payback. Yeah, the new rules are no rules, Dave. I think you, you yeah. said it best. There are no rules. So is uh, he? Isaac's in town now. In fact, uh, he's in the other room with Keaton watching. Uh, uh, basketball right now nice. and then Lexi and uh uh her I think she's I, I shouldn't probably reveal this but uh, do you guys know Dave do you know the Ords Jonathan Ord you yeah know that name yeah so, yeah anyway, Jonathan played quarterback with us back in the day Andy was his brother um played with us but uh Luca and Lexi are jumping on his plane and flying down tomorrow so Luca's first flight is going to be on a a little um, a private that's <laughs> tough life nice. tough life Lucas guy. so it must be nice it, uh, it, Ryan and I have nothing to do with any of this <laughs> I just uh Isaac and Lexi have really good friends so how are we anyway. gonna get how are we gonna get Lucas signed to an early commitment well you you're gonna have to compete with basketball I think we we may be trying to graduate um for those that don't know he is part of the Johnson family, right. which Britton and Jeff Johnson were two huge stars yeah. at the University of Utah. Britton played in the league for a while, NBA, and played overseas, uh, had a really good career. So 6'10", 6'7", <sighs> his grandfather on his mom's side, 6'5", 6'6", his mom, grandmother on his mom's side is six foot. his mom is 6'1", so... Basketball. Uh, yeah, yeah That's basketball. We may be playing basketball. That's okay. That, we got this arena that seats twenty thousand. Right. He'll, he'll be welcome. <laughs> we got a, we got a basketball team too. So <laughs> yeah. can, uh, the, my my question is, and and you know, uh, I'd ask Coach Pope this too. Can we win a few games <laughs> in that darn league that is so tough 
next year. I mean, we, oh my gosh. And Dave, I heard you on an earlier podcast talking about, uh, you know, the places you and Greg uh, were talking about the places that you yeah. guys are going to visit. You know what I mean? Then Alan Foghouse and, right. you know, all these places that are historic. I can't wait to go to some of the games. So, yeah, no, I know we have a basketball team, no doubt about it. So, when you were um, playing, when you were playing, um, and it was the fight to get a big name team on the schedule. And it was always the first yeah. week of September, second, and then you, then you get into the into the whack. But um, w- w- did you dream of a day like this? Did you ever think it would actually happen that BYU would be in the Big Twelve? No, I, I never thought of the Big Twelve because I'm a California kid. So yeah. I always thought of the Pac-12. Yeah. Now I could have seen a day until you know, different things got involved and beliefs and you could say what you want about academics. I don't buy a bit of it, um, political or not, whatever. I, I could see a day when we played in the Pac-12. The Big 12 never entered my mind, but I'm not, you know, I'm a California kid, not a Texas kid. So that entered my mind. I always knew we were big time, right? We were destined for the big time. I didn't think it would take us this long and I thought it would have been the Pac-12 instead of the Big 12. So yeah. I could see it coming. Well, here we are. Byron Rex, former BYU tight end, father of current Cougars, Isaac and Preston on the Wise Guys tonight, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. I tweeted out a picture uh, yesterday promoting our interview tonight of you and and Isaac on that cart being taken off the field at the Coliseum Thanksgiving weekend, 2021. Um, Now, Isaac, six foot six, 21 career touchdowns. Uh, These have been rough last couple of seasons, starting with that ankle injury at the tail end. Um, what was it like for the dad to ride on that cart off the field? Yeah, um, it's an interesting story. I've told it a few times, and now that we have, a, uh, I can give you a few more of the details. So, Brian, you'll understand this, and Dave, you know with kids, you know, you, you do anything to sort of protect your kids. And I'm raising boys. I don't have any girls. So Amy and I are raising boys. We also want them to be tough. We also want them to be, you know, self-reliant and, you know, do hard things and all this stuff. We, we raised them that way. But when you see like immediate, you know, danger, like it's just human nature to go to it. So we were sitting on the, the end zone. I don't know. We, the, we were sitting on the opposite end zone. We were sitting on the USC side because there were no USC fans. You guys will remember. Right. We had... 25 plus relatives all sitting together. And we just found a section kind of in the upper tier where we could all just enjoy the game and enjoy each other's company. Well, I saw it and I like that. That would look kind of weird. Was he in? Was he out? Cause if you'll remember, he landed on the uh, kind of on the goal line um, at the end, at the uh, edge of the end zone. So I'm like, wait, someone's not getting up. And then I see people sort of moving and then it flashes on the big screen. I'm like, as this was happening, I start making my way towards the aisle. My phone starts blowing up. The first person I see the call was John Beck. Mm. So I'm like, uh-oh, I better answer. And I knew John wasn't at the game because he was out of town. So John says, hey, Byron, it's really bad. And I'm walking kind of around, you know, sort of the end zone, the other end zone towards the other way. And he goes, Byron, it's really bad. I'm like, John, what's really bad? He goes, Isaac broke his ankle Mm. and I'm like oh okay I said where are you (laughs) he said I'm with Dak Prescott in in Dallas he goes I'm watching it on TV and I go oh okay he goes you probably should go down there and as soon as he said go down there I said thanks John I'll holler at you later 
and I started, you know, a steady jog at that point. Yeah. I came down. They were really gracious. They kind of looked at me, the aisle, you know, the ushers. They weren't stopping me, by the way. I'm not that big a guy, but they saw the determination in right. my eyes. And I just hopped over the little chain link fence, went onto the field. Kalani was wonderful. Everyone was great. And I just, you know, I just said, hey, I'm here. And Isaac's like, Dad, you know, what happened? I said, son, you're going to be all right. And, uh, you know, we carted him off and I jumped on the cart. So in the Coliseum. So they, they he was down on the field for some time. And I believe yeah. they put an air cast over, yeah. over that area. And so you're there for that. Um, in the biggest game of the year, part of everyone's still trying to figure out, is he going to be okay? And did he get a foot down? Right. You know, cause right. it was back at the end exactly. time. The team was playing really well. Uh, and, and, and does he look at you with, with the same eyes that, that he might have looked at you when he was a little boy and gotten hurt and the dad's supposed to make everything okay? That's kind of how I envision something like that. You, 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 I couldn't have described it any better. You know, it took me back. It gets me emotional right now. It just takes you back to when, you know, the first time he fell off the tree, you know, the tree yeah. or the first time he fell off a fence or when he was down. And, you, you, you know, your first instinct is to hover and jump. And you do that when they're young. Uh, and, you know, after a while, you're like, dude, brush it off, you know, put some dirt in it, rub some dirt in it or right. whatever. But, you know, this one was more serious. He, it, it was that look of fear as much as it was pain. There was a lot of pain, obviously, but there was some fear like what just happened. You know what I mean? And your fear is as a football player, we kind of raise the boys on football. Um, you know, is it over? What does this mean? You know, and, and automatically he goes to the future when I'm just trying to bring him back to like, hey everything's gonna be all right we're gonna fight this like don't even worry about it let's you know let's just you know take it one step at a time and so and then we go into the tunnel and the usc people were fantastic by the way absolutely fantastic all of them the doctors everybody was helping and they said do you need us to get anyone and i said you know what get tom and brian brian santiago and tom hummel and have tom or i have brian bring us some oil. So for those that don't listen that, you know, are LDS, we, we wanted to give them a blessing. And sure right. enough, you know, they went out and, and came back in and uh, Brian and I did the blessing while Tom was kind of, you know, holding people off yeah. uh, for a minute. So yeah, it was awesome. Before you so. get to that, uh, well, there's two things. One, in addition to wondering what's going to happen with, with his injury and in football in the moment, he's also, he and Amy are going to get married like in a week so there's there's yeah. that there's there's life that's sitting there in the end zone as he's as he's on his back and <laughs> and, and kind of kind of you know I, I just can't imagine a, a it's a perfect <sighs> storm and and then yeah. you get on the cart the cart starts to leave and and then here comes the applause and the certainly full of cougar fans and Isaac raises his hand to say he's going to be all right and and what was that moment feeling the the love of the audience. No, it was wonderful. We had so many fans there. Uh, we had friends. I mean, we had people from, you know, various wards that we were in, people that I knew growing up, you know, people that you don't know they're even there, but it's our home. It's Southern California. I'm, yeah. I'm the oldest of eight, Brian and Dave. And so like all of our, that we were all there. And then if they don't know me, then they know one of my brothers or sisters. I mean, we permeate sort of South Orange County to you know, the other side of LA and, you know, we've been here my whole, you know, pretty much our whole life. We've, we've lived in a couple other areas, but my family has. And so 
I got so many texts, I'm like my, you know, my phone's blown up and text messages, but it was fantastic just knowing. And I've heard you guys talk on this podcast plenty of times. Like, yeah, we travel well, right? And I'm doing my air quotes. We travel well, but we, <laughs> right. we are everywhere, right? There's no traveling. Well, we, we are in Texas. We are going to be in Kansas. You know, we are going to be in, in Florida. You know, we are going to be in West Virginia of all places. You know, I mean, that's just, we are everywhere. And you felt that. And Isaac and I both felt that as we kind of, you know, got carted off. So as a as a as a dad um, that has experience playing, yeah, I, I've made it. I've made it a conscious effort, along with my son, telling me to, to leave him alone um, during mm-hmm. his games or trying to encourage him to to you know go out and do some training and do some drills with me. So I I purposely said, okay, I I, I I'm just dad, you know. And yeah. I'm out there and everybody's like, how come you don't coach? And how come you do? And I'm like, nope, I'm just, I'm just dad. Um, and, and I thought to myself, one day he's going to ask me, you know, based off of his situation, you know, that helped me. How do I get through this? Um, but I don't want to force that. Um, how, how has your experience, um, you know, you've been able to help him and uplift him um, during his time of recovery? How's that been? Yeah, Brian, I'll, I'll tell you it, um, man, you know, you, you want, you want to, there's two, you wrestle with these two polar opposites, essentially, you want to take the pain, like you really do, you just want to like take the pain away. And as he struggles, right, and and I'm going to be as honest as I possibly can on this podcast, I mean, he played on one leg last year, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Isaac's one leg and 85% or 80% is, you know, better than a lot of folks, 100%. So, you know, thank goodness. And uh, he was serviceable, but part of you just wants to take it away. Like, you know, but, you know, and again, again, I don't mean to get spiritual or philosophical here, but that was somebody else's plan to just like, you know, no pain, no problems, you know, we're all going back, we're going and we're coming back all together in the same way we left. Like that, the real growth comes in him determining exactly. And I like the way you put it, Brian, your son will determine whether he loves football, right? He'll determine what, if he like, maybe he likes another sport, maybe he doesn't even like sports, right? Whatever it may be, that's, that was the plan. That's the real plan. And as a father, you, I just try to emulate, you know, um, a heavenly father to say, Hey, there's free agency in all of this. I'm here to help. I'm here to guide. I'll advise. I'm like literally standing by again, back to not <laughs> yep. to be too spiritual, but I'm, I'm right here. All you gotta do is call yep. and I'm probably closer than you want sometimes, but that's how it is. All you gotta do is call and then, and, and you'll figure it out, Brian. And, and one thing, and, and Dave, you understand this having kids uh, as well. But my dad gave me the best piece of advice my dad ever gave me on being a, whether you're coaching or not, or just being a dad or athletics. If you don't make it, fun for them and you know something they want like like they, it'll just never be enjoyable and my dad you know looking back i didn't know he had this philosophy but he told it to me when isaac was you know seven or eight and starting off and playing he's like hey if you don't make it fun he probably saw me coaching him too hard at one point <laughs> if you don't make it fun <laughs> you know they they won't love it and they won't do it and so whatever it is right right yeah. You're going fishing and you know go out to the best breakfast ever and you know go see the best movie on the way home and all these little things my dad did to say, hey, 
I I go fishing because that means like I get a good meal and I get a good movie. (laughs) So that's awesome. That's how you have to do it. So isn't it interesting uh, the way life goes? Because you you look hindsight for a moment and you you go from that moment down in the end zone where where Isaac's wondering if if what's going on, and um, and so the the wedding was pushed back a little bit and rescheduled. And they got married. Uh, He's back playing football. Um, he's heading toward a really healthy season, just had a son. I mean, the greatest moments of his life weren't, weren't before that moment on the football field when you yeah, judge right. everything. Right. It, yeah, no, the, Dave, you say, I mean, you say it really well. It's, it's, they're so, I mean, you know, he, he, he now is at the play. Like you start thinking about, it, you know, he played with, with Zach, you know, and he feels like he feels like an elder statesman. And I'm like, look, embrace this role in, in Brian, you know this as a leader on the team, right? Like, hey, learn everything you can in this moment. Because part of him, yeah, did he have more aspirational goals to maybe be at a different place right now at this time? Yeah, probably did. Is that life where, just like you said, Dave, it just, it'll throw you a curveball, but all the good things are ahead. And and there are so many reasons and blessings. Lexi's family lives in Murray. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're right there at a Beckton's call. You know, they're young parents, right? Yeah. And like, there's a reason that you're where you are and the lessons you're going to learn from this and all the good things that are ahead. And and we see the good now, and it, it doesn't take very long. You all you do is count your blessings every day. And you're like, oh, there's a reason I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, there's a reason I'm where I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm here and doing this. And, and so we've just counted the blessings. There's so many of them. Um, yeah, he's where he's supposed to be, exactly where he's supposed to be. Now we've so. asked Isaac this question. We've asked Kalani this question. We've asked Aaron Roderick this question. Now we're gonna ask the dad this question. Uh, and then we'll move on to some other things because this interview is really about you, not just your kids. Uh, <laughs> with a projection for his ankle and its health for September 2nd, what is it? Um, uh, um, very optimistic and good. We, uh, so today, uh, I'll give you an example. So this morning, he, um, I'm going to get all the guys. I'm going to miss somebody, but I know I'm going to screw this up. So Keaton's staying upstairs. He's staying here with Isaac. They're training. The Isaac, Parker Kingston, um, who else? Uh, Chase was here. Cody uh, is Cody, Cody was, down there. But didn't come today. Okay. Um, they went to train with Austin Colley and Dennis Pitta. Nice. So nice. they were on this side. The other side was tell me our backup quarterback's name. The the junior college kid. Retzleff. Yes. Jake. So BYG. This is coming from him. BYU. He said that. Not yeah, me. I know. He's been okay. saying that. <laughs> yes, I didn't want to say that, but you know what we're talking. About. So uh, Reslov and Keaton were on this side training with John Beck. And so, and I'm there sort of like getting in the way, whatever I'm sure. doing. So you, you maybe have a load of BYU alumni and Isaac is running fantastic. He's doing well. And after it's sore as it normally would be. I think most people know this, but if you don't, he had a surgery to clean it up in December. Yeah. So we're what, 120 some days out. Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Second one. Wow. So he had a second one to clean it up. Uh, bone fragments, uh, scar tissue, uh, hardware out. So hardware was in. So hardware out. So, so you we don't. The point is, everything feels much better, Dave. Yeah. 
we were very optimistic this time last year. We are light years aware we were last year at this time. And so, you know, there's going to have to be some prayers and, you know, some luck involved in all of it too, which we're not afraid to do. But yes, it is very much on track to be way better on September 2nd than it was even the last time you saw him play against, you know, essentially Stanford where he had a couple touchdowns and, yeah. you know, it was ready to go. Who's feeding all those guys? <laughs> Are you yeah. feeding all those guys down there? Well, the Traeger is doing wonders for us. <laughs> it's, on, it's on constant roll. Yeah, no, there's they're they're so they're so awesome. And um, yeah, the, the, it's just it's just great to have them. We've done it for years. You you've seen the pictures probably. Sure. Maybe you haven't. I'll send you a couple. But it, it's awesome. We had you know all the folks from last year started with Zach and COVID, and we just. San Clemente is a really good place to be. John Beck doesn't hurt that he's, you know, right down the street from right. us. Or, and so we just say, hey, bring them all, Jaron. And Jaron brought them all last year and Kibo and the whole, like they all, and they'll all come again this summer. And Aaron knows to send them down. And we have a couple of recruits. I shouldn't, I don't know if it says, but they're just friends of our family that right. may or may not be with BYU that come. So we, <laughs> there's a BYU South is, or BYU San Clemente is alive and well. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, and they're your house. You're the hub of they're BYU San Clemente. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep, they're, uh, yep. They're out by the pool getting sun because they haven't seen it for three or four months. <laughs> no, up there. no, send so, it up. Send it up. We're not yeah, even seeing exactly. it today. Hey, so so so, so Preston is is back from his church mission. Um, yep. Is he going out and lining up against his brother and his teammates during their training? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, Preston doesn't back down now. <laughs> and and Brian, you know this well. I, I we my dad's six foot five, six five and a half. My mom's five three. Okay, and we are everywhere in between on all of us. Isaac obviously got all my dad's height. Preston did not get that. So we say this a lot in our home. Isaac has to prove he can't play football when he walks in the door because of the eye test. And Brian, you know this well. Yep. When you walk through the door, when I walk through the door, when Preston walks through the door, we got to prove he can play football. And Preston plays with that kind of edge mm-hmm. and always has. In fact, we were in the office with Kalani, right, you know, after the spring game. And Kalani, here's this quote about Preston. He's like, he's a 15-yard uh, late hit waiting to happen on every play. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I like pretty that. accurate right there. You know? <laughs> nice. He leads, you know, he probably shouldn't, but he leads with that hat and he's an old school safety and he's tough. He played both sides of the ball growing up, but yeah, Preston, Preston, anyone will tell you, and Gavin's been a great coach for him, by the way. I mean, obviously yeah. Jay Hill runs the room, but Gavin, I know we don't have Blaine on, but please tell Blaine, Dave, that like coach Gavin, coach Fowler is, uh, heaven sent for Preston. He loves him. Fantastic. Really loves him. So. ESPN's uh, Big 12 Football Power Index ranks the Cougars 13th in the Big 12 ahead of Kansas. But behind everybody else, they list seven Big 12 schools in the top 30. What do you think about that? Where would you rank the Cougars going into their debut season? Oof. Um. I got a lot of faith in Keaton. He's going to have to pull the trigger. I got a ton of faith in Aaron. Um, I don't know Jay, but I love the energy Coach Hill is bringing. Um, Part of me wishes he was a newer coordinator. And what I mean by that is, and both of you guys know this, and Brian, you know well, like they'll watch all of Weber State's film Mm -hmm. from the last two years, and they'll understand what he's trying to run. Yep. 
I'm hoping that we're doing it maybe with a little bit, I'm not saying a higher caliber athlete, but maybe execute it with a little more precision. Um, it's still the first year. So mistakes, you know, it's very integral defense. Um, I, I don't worry about our defensive line, but I know we want to bring pressure. Do we have the personnel today to do that, especially off the edge? Um, I think our first couple corners are ready to guard in the Big 12. Do we have a third? Do we have a fourth corner? Um, you know, I feel like our linebackers would be good. We got the transfer kid from Utah State, so he can't hurt. So, um, yeah, there's questions. And, you know, you got to put up – what do you have to average, Dave? 33? Because didn't the, the whole league average like 31 or greater points last year? It was year? something yeah. crazy. It was something crazy, crazy. And, it, and to yeah, I mean TCU. It's felt like they were scoring fifty four mm -hmm. to win by one. Yeah, you know that, that's I an exaggeration, know. maybe, but no, no, no. It's all no. about points. What's in that exaggeration? League. I yeah. think, I think, I think, I think Blaine started saying that um, in the be in the beginning of the season last year. He said, you know, so we we always have a couple of iPads and, and other TVs in the in the green room when we're watching the BYU game, and I remember. Um, Uncle B just kept saying, "This is this is what we're, we're going to have to go up against next year, and we need some offensive power. We, this is the new way uh, to yeah. win games." And and with us, when we played, we had with Bronco, we had uh, pillars, and one of the pillars was keeping a team under twenty four points. That's the and magic number, over, right? Yeah, that was that was the, the yeah. magic number. And, and and Uncle B was like, "Now we need to it's <laughs> like thirty four. Well, Keep them said, under thirty four. Well, he just said hold like throw points out the way." And now it's about getting, you know, critical stops, right? If you could yeah. just make one or two stops, you know, we'll be good. Yeah. No, I, but you see, look, here's the deal. And Dave, you know this well, Brian's a little before your time. I'm, I'm used to this. Like, yeah. I was in that 52-52 shootout with San Diego State, and right. I heard you guys talking to Hans or uh, Hans the other day and talking about, um, you know, President Hinckley had talked to them before right. uh, whatever game, Lavelle's last game or whatever. I don't know. The whole story but president hinkley's in the san diego state locker room before the game and says hey if we win this game you know there's like a million dollars on the line and back then a million dollars was worth a little more and i remember thinking is he really talking about money right now like president hinkley? he's like you know he's like we don't care about the money but it would be nice to have the money like, we're trying to win a whack championship you know and i'm like well, you know, and I'm an offensive guy, and I loved our defense. All of our guys were great. Like, you know, Derwin Dewey was, like, one of my favorites as a captain of the defense. But I'm like, we had to score 52 points to get a tie. And I'm like, what in the world are, you know, but I'm used to it. Like, let's go. Like, that's what we have to do. Like, well, after, I love those days. After know? all so these years, I had no idea what fueled that comeback after all these years. <laughs> but now I know that because President Hinckley was there. It makes perfect Pre -game sense. Game in the locker room, and it was we won them. I don't know if it was. I think because we were going to a better bowl that paid. Like maybe did we go to the Holiday Bowl? Was that? Yeah. Hold on, let me get this right. Holiday Bowl against Iowa, right? right. Isn't that the same year? Yeah. Okay. So whatever bowl, if we lost, we were still going to go to a bowl game. I'm going to make one up. Aloha Bowl, Freedom Bowl, whatever you know bowl there was at the time. We were still like we were guaranteed a bowl, but if we went to and I didn't know anything about a tie. I don't think. President Hinckley knew anything about the tie either. But if we won the game, we were going to the Iowa play or we were playing the holiday ball, which was a million dollars more than whatever the next yeah. goal was. 
And so that was the talk. And I was like, right, Hey, he so. knew President Hinckley knew right. his stuff. Uh, and oh what, my God. what was most painful so about that game, as you remember is San Diego state had never been to a holiday bowl. And all yeah. they had to do was hang on to that lead, and then they were going to play in one, and they yeah. and they couldn't stop, they couldn't Could stop anybody. And you guys had a field day. And, I mean, and, Jamal um, Willis, I think, oh, is still me, running. Tell me free. the head coach's name, Dave, for San Diego State. Luganville, wasn't it? Was it Luganville? Yes, yes. Yeah. Al Luganville, who I love, by the way. He coached us in a Japan Bowl later that season, <laughs> an All Star game. But Al was awesome. But I remember him pacing Dave yeah. just up and down and up. I mean. You know, they didn't have the counters back then, Brian, but if you had the, you know, the uh, your iWatch counter, like thousands and thousands of steps, <laughs> yeah. tens of thousands of steps. They'd be in by, he'd have his steps by halftime. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Byron Rex on the Wise Guys tonight, played at BYU in 1986, served a church mission to the Dominican Republic, and then returned to the field between 1989 and 1992, caught 86 passes for 1,223 yards, and seven touchdowns. But let's go back to October 26, 1991. BYU, New Mexico, first quarter. You catch your first touchdown from Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer. It's three yards out, but it goes for six points. What do you remember? <laughs> I remember being surprised I caught it. <laughs> like, it was kind of a trap. I caught it all. Like, I'm doing this on, you know, I don't see it, but I like awkwardly. And I'm like, that was the most awkward catch I've ever caught in my whole life. And like, I came down with it and I was like, I'm in the end zone. This is fantastic. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Look, I grew up watching, like, like Brian, you don't, like, who, what tight end is number 95? Like, that, that guy must be so far down on the roster, right? To be number 95. I would think he's a loser. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being like, confirming that. But, and I wish Blaine was on too, just because I, Dave, tell me he was on this. What year was it? Give me the year. Steve Young to Gordon Hudson in the Rose Bowl, eighty-two. When we beat them down there, yeah. I'm I'm thinking I it was eighty-two. Am, was it eighty-two? That sounds a little bit. Yeah, that sounds right. That would have been a his. Fourteen-year-old Brian, who doesn't know much, but knows that I had some people, um, cousins. Right, my mom's Polynesian, so some cousins that played at BYU. But, like, we didn't have a TV. Well, I didn't have a TV. My dad didn't like TV, so I didn't have a TV growing up. So I didn't see the Miracle Bowl, although I've seen highlights since. But my dad says, hey, we're taking the kids. It was probably a young men's activity, Dave, and we're going to the BYU football game. And all I see is this massive number 95, Gordon Hudson, going over the middle, and Steve Young just, like, play. like it seemed like every play went to him. And yeah. I was like, like – Oh my God. I like, I dreamed of it from that moment on. <laughs> we were related to the Anais, right? So yeah. sort of that yeah. North Shore cousin thing. So Robert was on that team. And I don't know if you remember Matt, his little brother, um, Dave, but Matt played for a couple of years at BYU, who we loved. Um, and he had stayed with us um, a summer at our home and kind of that Polynesian way. But we loved Matt and Robert. And uh, I, I like it was a dream from that moment, Dave, to the time I caught that first touchdown pass. Like it was a dream. Can I, you know, can I even play at this school? And uh, look, guys, let's be honest. I'm a six one tight end. Let, like, really? Come on. 
Like that, that's back when six one was big. Yeah, 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 that's, <laughs> true. yeah well, that's true. I don't. It was not big in nineteen ninety two or ninety one. It might have been in seventy one or sixty. Remember, know, Lavelle played offensive line. At, in, you know. Yeah. And I mean, this is my favorite. So there's Chris Smith, then there's Etula Mealy, there's Chad Lewis. And like I'm kind of stuck in there in between some of there. I'm like, which one of these is not like the other? <laughs> so Brian, I'm telling you, I I walked in the same room and like, you know, hey, okay, I may not be the biggest guy, I may not be the fastest, but um I used to love Steve Kafusi, he was one of my favorite people. He was a senior when I was a little peon freshman. And you know, I'm sitting there on a scout team blocking him all day, and he's laughing, I'm sure, you know, I'm 210 pounds or whatever. Um, but you know, years later when he was recruiting Isaac, he's like, I always remember your toughness. And I'm sure he was just saying that, but I just wanted to be a player. That's all. I don't, I didn't know what else to do. You know, I just wanted to be a player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think when you know that you are, you're shorter, you're smaller, um, you know, you're, you're, you're slower. You don't walk into the situation with that in your mind. You, 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 you just, you're just more fierce. You know what I mean? You're, you, yeah. you already know that about yourself. And so that chip um, is on your shoulder, you know, 24 seven. Um, I wish I would have had that chip on my shoulder during the alumni game, um, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I kind of, I, I took my, my foot off the gas and, and I remember you horsing cousin, around the whole time. My, my, my cousin, Joe Sampson was like, this is when I knew it was bad for me. It was when he said, he said, B, you, you can't, you can't go halfway to break up. Uh, a pass breakup. Now he's now he said an, another <laughs> word that I can't use on this because you know trying to keep PG. Thank, thank but, you, Brian. But, but he did use an aggressive <laughs> word, and when he said that to me, I, I my my whole world shifted, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't be out here right now, you know. And and what saved me, and I, and I was mic'd up, so people that have that follow me on social media can kind of see yeah. you know BYU TV and Sports Nation doing this. I, saw I was mic'd I saw up, and halftime, Ty Detmer says. Man, you still got it, man. You almost picked up my ball, and I was like, "What? Me? Oh, I'm not playing for the rest of the game. I'm done." That's that was the validation that's, that I that I needed it. right there, and especially, you know, coming into the program 2009. That's when I became a, a BYU fan. So it it took me a while to learn. I always watched Steve Young because I grew up in the Bay Area and always went yeah. to 49er games. But it, it took me a little bit to to learn some of the legends, right? Like like Ty, mm-hmm. and and so. What 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 great confirmation and validation and excuse for me to leave? Yeah, nice. But but how how was was playing with with a with a legend you know like like Ty? Oh my gosh! Well, first I gotta tell that my alumni story, right? So I, I have no business being out there, but the kids are playing and you know whatever. So and Jack calls Demoni and says you gotta play, and I'm like yeah whatever. And then Chris Smith was playing. I'm like okay, I'm younger than him, so whatever. <laughs> I, I played like two plays, right? I I knew my place at least. But the funny part is, is Ty Denver, and he has to come back. I told him he has to come back, but you can't, because he can't end like that, right? No, he can't end no. on that interception. Right, right. But the Iowa game, Dave, you'll remember this. Oh, yeah. His career at BYU ends on an interception. And people won't forget this part, but that 6-1 tight end that was running an over route, who, by the way, was double team, Brian, just so you know. So, <laughs> um, you know, Ty, if you're listening right now, I'm not saying – you know, it shouldn't have gone to me. I think I appreciate the faith in me, but it, when you're double team, you're not really expecting the ball. You can see it all on film. It's all right there. I'm running this over route. And if I'm six, two, 
maybe six mm. three. I come down with that thing, tips off the top of my finger. Yeah. And it goes into the end zone, literally off the top of my fingers. It goes in the end zone for like a just a soft little, you know, give me pick uh, to end the 13 13 time. Here's now, we what I saw. Talk about the missed kicks and all this stuff. But <laughs> I told Ty he had to get back the Heisman Trophy. He has to get back the Heisman Trophy based on those two things. Like, you can't just like, you can't do this on but, Here's what I saw so. on that play. I was on the 10 yard line, I was the sideline reporter. So, yeah, so my right. vantage point was there was where he threw it, but. Peter Tui Pelotu was wide open down below, I guess, to the left of you. If it had yes. just gone one more check down, that there was a touchdown waiting. But even Ty admits, he goes, I just forced it in there and made a, as soon as I let go of it, I thought, oh, no. And the game yeah. ended in a 13-13 tie. because then he figured it was me. He probably thought he was like, oh, yeah, I got a shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, I let this go. Oh, no, that's Byron. Oh, no. So I'm sure that was the next thing. Oh, no, that's Byron. Like, you forgot the second part. What kind, of things, what kind of things would Ty say in your huddle? What, oh, what was God. some fun stuff? I, wait, hold on. Brian just made this a PG like you know, <laughs> podcast. Where, where are we at? No, first of all, Ty is an amazing person. Right. And like I'm sitting at the desk. You can't see my office, but I'm sitting at the desk that this will make you emotional, Brian. You're going to go through this one day that my son accepted his offer or ver- got a verbal offer from Ty Detmer on at this very desk when Ty called him before seminary to offer him when he was a junior in high school. Mm. Like talk about small world and blow your mind and fade and all this other stuff. It's Mm. crazy. But anyway, so Ty is an amazing person, like bar none, but he, he, now that, that boy, like we're competitive, Brian, I get it. But that guy drives a hard bargain right there. You know what I mean? And he's Mm. not accepting. He comes off beating Miami. We're, did we get up to number three or four in the nation, Dave, when I'm a sophomore, 1990? We had already beaten Miami, and we lost to Oregon, and we go I thought we were number Hawaii. four going to Oregon. Weren't we number four think, going to Oregon? I think we were number four. We might have climbed back up. What What were we going into Hawaii? I want to say we were probably top five. You could probably find I'll double it. check. Anyway, go on. So going into Hawaii, Ty, the day he wins the Heisman, Okay. So he has this fantastic, my point is he has a fantastic junior year. He comes back and it's Byron Rex, downgrade from Chris Smith, <laughs> Eric Drage, who I love, but you know, there was Matt Bellini and there was like, I mean, he was loaded everywhere. Andy Boyce had a really fantastic year, All this, but he went, he went from unbelievable, like supporting cast his junior year to like all rooks like we were all first-time starters we were all juniors and sophomores and he was like so patient with us until you know what's coming next until he wasn't (laughs) (laughs) and you know it didn't take long we're playing ucla um i run the wrong route it's i side adjust on a you know a short pattern a 50 route which you're never supposed to do i see the blitz good for me i see it but i'm i run the wrong route. and eric dredge and i basically almost run into each other and Eric drops the ball, and we're driving to beat UCLA. Now, granted, we just lost to Florida State. Mm-hmm. Penn State. Uh, it was top, what, top 10 for sure that year. UCLA, good program. We're on our way to Penn State okay. to getting blasted. We're 0-3. You know, and Ty is just returning Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer, you know, just trying to shepherd all of us. We finally put it together, 
and go on a really good run the middle of that season to probably, we were close to the top 25. I think we lost, uh, well, we lost, we tied Iowa, which Iowa was a top 15 team for sure. I think we were top 25. We ended up in a tie. And so uh, that, that part I love about Ty, super, super dedicated, unbelievably smart, um, Forget the physical stuff. Like we all know that just understood everything, but so patient with a lot of us guys that were not at his standard that he had been used to dealing with those two years leading up to there. And he stayed to, you know, sort of deal with us. Yay. Use, you know, he, playing a different position. So he told me, he told me he was a better quarterback the year after the Heisman. He was a yeah, better right. quarterback. No not, not had a, didn't have a better season, but he thought his, his performance with what he had to work ah, with. There you go. Now we're talking, Brian. You was a better, he, he was a better quarterback that year uh, because of just what you explained, that uh, yeah, a lot of the we guns were, like were gone. Yeah, we were like anchors, hanging, you know, ball and chains hanging around his, his legs. So He's look, here's what I want to know. When you drop a pass, now you're going back to the huddle. Now tell us, that whole thing was a setup for, tell us about the real tie in the huddle <laughs> after you've dropped one of his passes. Well, you, so here's the deal. You did. People were like, "Oh, you had such great hands. You had great such great hands." No, I didn't. The ball, like, I could just turn around and I'll just, the thing would just kind of feathery float into your hands. Like, it was never a question. He knew where he was going every time. And by the way, Brian, I saw this on the first couple throws at the alumni game. It's like the dude never left. He throws like he throws a sail route in this zone that you guys are running. I'm like, I've seen that thousands of times in my life it like it never laughed that guy and he's just like back there like oh i know what they're running cover two cover three whatever <laughs> yeah. one and i'm just picking this thing apart and he started picking on the linebackers because that guy was all i was like gosh this guy is something special but when you would come back there was this kind of like he he was so good about especially in the beginning of the year now he he got more demanding as as time went on but at the beginning of the year he was especially like he wasn't apologizing to don't get me wrong, but he would say, if it was his bad, he would say my bad. But other times he would give this like kind of this weird, I don't know if you can see on TV, but he gives this clap, like, come on. And you knew as soon as that came, like, you know, you, you just didn't want to let the guy down. Now the UCLA thing was a different story. That was a mental mistake. And I mean, you can see him. He, I didn't have to get back to the huddle because I had no business. It was fourth down. Yeah. I wasn't going back to the huddle. I knew better. Dave. I was going nowhere near that huddle. I was running the sideline. Well, guess what? He wasn't letting me get away with that. He was hunting me down, and he is in my face. We don't side adjust on that. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh, man. And I, I mean, I literally just dropped. It was a two-minute drive. We probably had four minutes left. And, you know, defense wasn't – well, anyway, I, I just did it wrong. But – I was so disappointed in myself at that time. And it wasn't Ty, but I just didn't want to let him, nor the team or Norm. Coach Chow was like one of my favorites. I just didn't want to let anyone down. And and I felt like I did. And that's one that, you know, you remember the good times, but you also remember the, yep. <laughs> the bad times. But yeah, Ty, had, Ty, Ty wasn't afraid to tell you like it was and give a few choice words out there. Never afraid to do that. I almost wonder um, what makes successful teams is having a quarterback like that because I've, I've been on teams where the quarterback is a he's the leader I think naturally by default you know yeah. which I don't like a lot of times but by default the quarterback is just made the the leader right and the captain yeah but then they don't bring that fierce mentality and and mindset with them 
And and what I mean by that is is where you kind of get scared yourself. Like I I no longer want to work hard for myself and my own selfish reasons. It's to not let you down. And I felt like that with with, with Max Hall, and I wasn't even on offense. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, and I and I'm like, man, this dude brings it every single day, every period, every practice period. This dude is jawing and 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 talking smack to us, talking smack to his guys. And and I almost feel like you need a quarterback like that. Um, Tom Brady, is, I think, is a good example, right? Where he may not be the most animated, like, or as fierce as a Max, but when he has to be, he is, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. and um, and so I wanted to ask you that question: Is have have you? Do you think there's something to that where oh. the quarterback has to be that type of personality? One hundred percent. 100%. And, you know, we've been lucky enough to be around some good quarterbacks. John trains at Golden West, which is, you know, about 30 minutes from us. My boys have caught. Preston was a receiver in high school. Isaac obviously was a tight end. We've caught for now. Be careful now. We caught for all the greats. Like, mm-hmm. you name it. Isaac's been with these guys and caught, ran routes, you know. Um, and you see it in what they're doing work, like Matt Stafford. I saw it in him. I saw it in Matt Ryan when I was with Isaac. I saw it with uh, Dak Prescott. I see it a lot with. I, I even saw it now. Now Jameis Winston is a you know he's a barrel of laughs and you know, joking, but when it's business time, he gets down. Yeah. He gets down, yeah. and you know he expects Isaac and Preston. You know these high school kids that are going to catch for him. You know, like hey, we're going. And I watched. I watched James say, hey, let me get Isaac. Let me get Isaac up there. Let me get Isaac up there. Like, he wanted to get his work in with the tight ends, you know? And so these guys, it's just naturally who they are. The great ones, it's who they are, you know? And, and uh, like, Max is fantastic. Max came and visited Dennis. You guys know Dennis moved to town. Sure. So Dennis and I play hoops, and we're together. I love Dennis. Well, Max came to visit, and we just went to the old, you know, to the state center, and we're playing hoops. And I'm like, Max is full tilt now. <laughs> and I'm like holy cow you know he's got the big broad shoulders now he's like looks like a bodybuilder out there but he was downhill full speed and he's like oh yeah i haven't played basketball for years i'm like wait what (laughs) it it wasn't you know but he's athletic obviously that's the easiest part by the way i beat him a bunch of times i'm sure you did did. so anyway but it's just who he is like it's inside like it burns hot all the time and i just think you can't have enough of those guys right and especially at the quarterback position and you don't have to be animated like i've watched tom brady undress guys now but you know i think he tried to hide it when he was younger but it was always there so yeah it's it's huge it's huge we'll be watching Um, keaton slovis as he develops that chemistry and that feeling out there well he now he this guy's the next level communicator now he's a next level like guy who he leads everybody who's come through this house, including my wife, my <laughs> sisters. Like, you know, we had friends over last night. We we're watching a Laker game and we had a, you know, a semi house full. And I mean, he's holding court now that he he's special from a relationship standpoint. Great. Now, how he chooses to go about that during the season, he'll communicate what he wants and what he needs. Like, I see that in him. He's he's special that way. And not not that Jared wasn't great because Jared, but Jared's a quieter leader. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach was very much about the details, but Keaton is just this little next level from a communication standpoint that I see like when he's in our home. 
yeah, you, you know, but don't let the politeness and don't let the, you know, oh, shucks thing fool you because he's like, he he knows where he fits. He's very confident in what he wants to do and where he wants to go. Very confident. Yeah. Let, let's wrap up this fascinating conversation with Byron Rex with five questions. You ready? These are five questions. I've been waiting all day for it. Rapid fire, and you know the show, so you know the questions. Your favorite sports movie? See, I cheated. I don't know all the questions, but I knew this one. (laughs) I knew this one. So I don't know all the questions, but um, so, Brian, I'm sorry. Dave, I'll be super impressed if you know this one. All right. Now, it's real close. I love Rocky 1, which I saw when I was 10 years old, which my dad took me to a car, whole family to on Family Home Evening. It was my first rated R movie. We weren't allowed to see rated R movies. My dad said, (laughs) Rocky was rated R. Rocky 1. Rocky one. He's like, close your ears. There's a couple words. Um, I'm pretty sure it was radar. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was, I know my dad made a big stink out of like, Hey, I shouldn't be taking you to this, right. but we're doing it. And by the way, the next, the next morning I woke up and I had two raw eggs. I think I got myself sick nice. and I ran like, I th- it felt like 10 miles, but it was probably more like a 10th of a mile, but I was like shadow boxing the next day. Fantastic. But here's my favorite sports movie, Dave. Here we go. The fish that say Pittsburgh. The fish. That, I've heard of that. The fish that say Pittsburgh. I've heard of the movie, but I, I don't know what it's about. It's got to be a baseball movie, doesn't it? It's a basketball movie. The fish that saved. The, you can look it up. The fish that saved Pittsburgh. I'm writing it down right now. And um, gosh, there. I think Dr. J. I think it was Dr. J. Dr. Okay. J. I think is the star NBA guy. It wasn't Bugs Bunny or anything like that. It was <laughs> no, Dr. It J. wasn't animated. It was just funny. And they take this array of like, you know, this person from over here. I think there's a girl in the movie. She's called Swish. And there's this guy and that guy. And they bring it together. And whoever the coach is in the movie, like, wins whatever championship. So okay. the Fish and St. Pittsburgh. Fish you will not get Pittsburgh. that again, Brian. In this on this show, I believe Nobody you're right. That, that's that sounds like a Dr. Seuss, you're right, like a Dr. Seuss title. <laughs> Favorite like singer, I said, look it up. You'll love it, Brian. I promise you. If you like, look, oh, look, our guys have put up the uh, there it is, they put up the movie Julie Serving, Jonathan Winters, Meadowlark Lemon from the Globetrotters, Flip Wilson. I, you know what? Now that I have a visual, I'm intrigued. Hey, I'm I sure. had you a Dr. J, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, I had you a Dr. Yep, J, right? Yep, yep. All right, yep. best. Uh, Lemon, who knew? Favorite <laughs> band or singer? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I am way into uh, I Am Tongi right now, right? From American Idol. Like, I love him. Now, I'm a slow jams, old school R&B type of guy. So Luther Vandross comes to like mine. Okay. I love right. Luther. Um, Didn't Luther well, sing at one shining moment initially? Wasn't that his song? I think Luther he Vanders? did. I think yes. so. I think so. Yeah, but I love I love me some Luther. I love old R and B. The kids make fun of. We go in the garage. We lift weights to like slow jams. So anyway, <laughs> all, right. all right, we're going with Luther on that. To good one. Favorite breakfast cereal? Oh man, these are um, tough. I like shredded wheaties, but the shredded wheat, but that's like new school. Old school has got to be Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. And I heard you talk to Beck about like getting the top of your mouth raw. Yeah. Did yeah. you remember that part? Oh, like, yeah. That's when you know you love Captain Crunch. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. I had Captain Crunch yep. this morning. I'm not ashamed of it. No, me too. I love Reese's. Captain you got to try Reese's Puffs. You like Reese's? Candy uh, Reese's? No, too like the milk. Like I like my chocolate milk like straight and thick and it turns it to like peanut okay. buttery chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Two more. Favorite BYU moment. And we got Brandon Doman coming up next. Favorite BYU moment? I got to compete with Brandon now. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I like watching Isaac score 12 touchdowns yeah. and now in, in that uh, COVID year. I'll go with that. Yeah, that was like uh, 12 moments all yeah. put into one moment, but that's it, what you're going with. Literally was like, yeah. Mike Wilson and I just sitting in an empty stadium just taking all the leg room we possibly could. And just <laughs> Wasn't that the most out-of-body experience? We're broadcasting oh games gosh. in empty stadiums. It was. It's hard to believe that that happened. But that did. we did that, right? We went down. To, we went to Houston. That was the first place. Remember when we went down to Houston? Yeah. Yep. And we're down there, and like we're like, this is awesome. They're letting people in the stadium, and we just sat there, and like we were so mad we couldn't go to Boise. I was so mad I couldn't go to Boise, and yeah. I think had a phenomenal game. But yeah, I look back. It seems like a different age. That's what I swear. All right, your last one, number five, favorite game on BYU's twenty twenty three schedule. Favorite oh, game on the schedule coming up this fall. I'm intrigued by Arkansas. I'm intrigued by Oklahoma, and I'm intrigued by Texas. Um, I'll go at home against Oklahoma. At home, yeah. November 18th against the Sooners. It might yep. be cold. It would be perfect if it's a little chilly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that crisp air. Hope and it snows. please play at eight. Please play at eight p.m. <laughs> yes, yes, we are so good at eight p.m. That might be the first time mm-hmm. Cougar fans have cheered for an eight p.m. November oh game. Oh my gosh! I want them to, all at eight p.m. to freeze out the Arizona, Sooners. I want Arizona State. Look. I want Utah again. I want re, like Baylor. I want to just <laughs> run it back. Look, look. I, I, want, I, I hope it snows. I, I thought I'd never say this, but I hope it snows that game. I hope you play at eight. Oh, no. I hope it snows. Dude, like, <laughs> hey, you guys are sitting in the cushy box. Like, stop with the snow thing. Like, I'm, I'm, no, we got to stop with that. Like, you're in a cushy box with, like, I know those nice BYU TV, like, real thick coats. Like, the I'm sitting here coming from California with a sweatshirt. I know you're warm, Brian. I see you, I see you dressed up over there. You Listen, good. the BYU no, store. No I appreciate I'll say it. cold, no snow. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's the makeup. But, you know, what? we do have um, – Real nice, warm tech gear from Nike yes. that, that BYU TV yes. takes care of. And we have heaters, too. So you Here's what you have, Brian. You have the stuff they don't sell in California. That's what you got. And so I got to come to the game, and Brian's like, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, no. You're Just come up booth. to the – I know the heater under the desk. Yep. I, I played the game before. Yep. I see I see how you guys work. Yep, yep. And no, I, got, I got a couple blankets. I got a couple of blankets that lay on me as well over my lap. I got a lot, actually. Da- and David you're sitting on a nice one, him. so you look taller. I know the trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I see you. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, have, I have a cushion that's like this big because I'm so <laughs> so much shorter than everybody else. <laughs> There's some truth to what uh, he's saying. It's keeping you warm. I know it that. Is. Hey, we enjoy having you on the show. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure, and we want to have you on again. Uh, and we know so Slovis and your son are just on the other side of the door watching a basketball game. I can go ba- and you They come no, in here and just no, jump on the camera. You're babysitting them tonight. I'm literally babysitting them. My <laughs> wife went to go get baby diapers because Luca and Lexi are coming tomorrow. So it's boys like NBA night after we had a whole crew over here watching NBA last night. So, That's awesome. Nice. Now, and hoops tomorrow night with the boys. This so. interview is about you. You tell those guys to stay in the other room. This is this is Seriously, your time on our show. They probably pass out. They got Austin. Austin and Dennis put them through. I've never read so many rooms. <laughs> You're complaining already. Jeez, like, Louise. So, those yeah, two, they we, put him through the ringer today, which I love. Good, those yeah. two are so fun. You know, you know, and Austin injured himself trying to get ready for the alumni game. But he, he still was, went he out did there. It in our backyard. He did it over at Vista Hermosa Park. He was throwing. He was down visiting. He's throwing. I was out of town, so I wasn't there that night. But normally I'd been there. And I get a text from Dennis that goes, Austin's out. I'm like, out of what? He goes, <laughs> oh, you're injured his cap. I'm like, Man. do we 
doing what? Like, what? we played basketball, like, last night. He's like, yeah, he was running a route full speed. He think he's out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, don't tell me all this. Well, I can tell you all the stuff he went through to get ready for the alumni game. So, wow. yeah, wow. no, it's I was I, I should have been there. I was there the night before. So yeah. it was fun. It was a fun game. We look forward to seeing you back on the field again yeah. next spring. No, I'm done. I retired. <laughs> Brian, you maybe you retired. Brian, don't go as long as I. Brian, I'm 55. Don't go as long as I did. <sighs> do not do it. I'm telling you right Listen, now. Listen, if Ty's <laughs> back in the game and we anticipate he will be back, we expect oh, you to be, be back. back. No, you know what? I was in. The, we had breakfast the next morning with Max. This is a definition of Max. I know I'm going way over, but You're good. Max is setting the goal to come back for the alumni. Like he's like, I'm going to be back. That's my goal. Wow. I, he's like, I want to ride my bow bike and be back for the alumni game See, next year. That's my quarterback right there. I know, but that's, that's your my, guy. That's my quarterback. If, if, Max, if Max, if Max is going to play, I'm playing. Let's put it like well, that. There you go. I got and if Ty's playing, I'm not playing. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> if Ty's playing, you are playing. Then we're going to hold you to it. Oh, no, I knew better. There was too many good guys in street clothes that were way better than me, and I was wearing the uniform. So hey, we'll get, you, we'll get you back on before the season starts, but we sure appreciate your time and uh, yeah. have some fun watching the game tonight. Yep. And uh, we'll send you the podcast, too, tomorrow, but uh, the great Byron Rex. Uh, and don't don't throw yourself behind Chris Smith. You, can, you had some big touchdowns, and – and you wore the jersey proud, and, and uh, you had two games in Ty Detmer's Heisman Trophy year. He needed to win those games for him to win that trophy. Yeah, we did. No, it's uh, I, I put in my fair share. But, yeah, Chris, Chris, was, no, Chris was a good yeah. player now. I'm telling you, there's a lot of twos. Those, that tight end room, Dave, you know it. That's a, quite the tight end room. So, no, I, I love them all. I'm proud to be a part of the tradition, and uh, I'm so proud that Isaac is a part of the tradition, too. It's like, what a blessing. You know, huge. Thanks for being yeah. on the show, Byron. We'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Yeah, See you, Brian. Have a good one. The great Byron Rex with us, father of Isaac and Preston. We'll talk about Xander later. He'll have his yeah, day. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. youngest uh, coming up. We're waiting to connect with Brandon Doman. We'll have him here momentarily. Uh, we got a note from uh, one of our viewers called a Ranting Red Raider. Texas 19? Tech fan. Okay, okay. And he sent a big, long sheet of, of his rant on <laughs> on the Red Raiders and the status and all that stuff. And I, I wanted to make note, there was a paragraph in here that says, I have Texas Tech at BYU as a toss-up. These are his words. Uh, it'll be loud, chilly. I don't think it'll be chilly because it's early October, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our players will need to be hydrated. Uh, the atmosphere will be loud, but not anything Tech hasn't seen. Then he says, Tech wins 34 to 20. Now, how can you be a toss-up? And then one sentence later, you're saying, you're going to win by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's a little bit confused. They're, they're playing at Provo, in Provo? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, everybody, said, what is it? everybody says the same thing that he says. We've been in hostile environments, et cetera, et cetera, and then they come here, and it's completely yeah. different. Thanks for watching, Ranting Red Raider. Uh, our next guest tonight went 14-2 and two as BYU starting quarterback, selected in the fifth round of the 2002 NFL Draft by the 49ers. With the NFL Draft later this week, we're happy to welcome Brandon Doman back to the Wise Guys tonight. Brandon, thank you for being with us. Yeah, I'm so glad to be with you. Byron uh, Rex was just our guest, and he was bummed to find out that you were following him because then he had to <laughs> yeah. compete with you. <laughs> but we're well, glad I, to have I you. I didn't know I was going to be fortunate to have uh, Brian Logan. On oh, yeah. The show here Coach, um, are you are you at church right now? You, I, I haven't seen you, you know. He's got a lot of things about. going on. But the last time I seen you with a, with a tie on and a shirt was um, boarding the plane going to play somebody. 
So, Same day. You yeah. know, I, I, I say this to a lot of people. I don't know if I ever told you this personally, but you're, you, hands down, my favorite coach. But oh, I, man. Hands down. Don't, I don't believe yeah. I said that to you personally, but you yeah. have always been my favorite coach. And the reason why is because of how animated you were and, and when anybody made a play. And it's, what stood out to me was that I would make a play, let's say it was, it was third down, big third down. We get off the field, and he's the first person to, to come and chest bump me. You no know, kidding. He's an offensive coach. You know, and so and he would do that with with anybody, right? And um, what that showed me was he really loves the game, and and how passionate he was. And I remember a couple of times you'd come over to me and be like, "Yo, pick these guys up, pick these guys up." You know, make a play, get excited, get and again hearing that from you, I'd be like, oh, "Okay, this is somebody who's passionate." He's telling me I got to bring the passion. Brandon, okay. Brandon, uh, is any of that true? Is is any of that <laughs> recounting true? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I want to believe that Brian's telling the truth for sure. <laughs> so, so um, Brian, you're my favorite player, without question. So there you go, right back at you, You, you didn't have to say but, that because like I said a, it to you. It's like yeah. a love fest. Listen, listen Brian, um, <laughs> Brian was so fun to be around because he just was, had this infectious smile, which you can see when he smiles, and then he just was an absolute, so fun to be around and, an absolute competitor, and we had some great times. Those were really, really, really fun times. And I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean it genuinely. Brandon, you were the fifth-round pick of the Niners in 2002. What was your NFL draft experience like, and did you have any idea where you were going to go? I, I knew that I was going to be somewhere between uh, the eighth and tenth quarterback taken in the draft. Um, and in those days – you know, we just had to turn ESPN on and, yeah. um, and we had first round was the first day. And then the rest of the rounds were the second day. And, um, I, you know, I was sitting there in my house watching it on ESPN and it was, it would, it went the uh, Green Bay Packers and then the San Francisco 49ers in the draft and the 49ers already had four quarterbacks on their roster. Um, and I just, I had had a great workout with them and, and I had a great rapport with their staff, but, there was no indication. I had I had no belief that they were going to take a quarterback, but the the Green Bay Packers I knew were going to take a guy, and I'd had a great workout with them as well. And I was hopeful. Um, Brett Favre was their quarterback at the time, and I thought, man, that would be so awesome to go play for the Packers and get to learn from him. And, um, the the pick came up as the 162nd pick, and I was just anxiously watching the TV hoping like mad I was going to get a phone call and it was in the fifth round. Um, and they picked a guy named JT O'Sullivan didn't, did not take me in the draft. And I was so mad. <laughs> I got up, I, I had to go cool off. I went into the kitchen and I, and I was, I had family there. Um, and, and then all of a sudden my, my whole family just erupts cheering and screaming and i'm like nice joke because yeah i wouldn't put that past my family okay that's funny and sure sure enough my my cell phone rings and it was steve mariucci with the 49ers and they had selected me the next pick 163rd pick and so you're in the kitchen while all this is going down (laughs) you missed it i didn't i didn't even see it then i go running back in there and i'm talking to coach and i see my name coming across the tv and Anyways, and you know, the very next thing you do, you're like, how much did I just make? <laughs> you're like, oh, 
so then you start looking that up. I wonder what I'm, what's my signing bonus. And, and, you know, you just aren't thinking very. What's that phone call like? What's that phone call? The phone rings in your future. You're going to answer it and it's your future. What, what's that yeah. like? It was quick. It was, it was, uh, Hey, Brandon, this is Steve Mariucci. And we want to let you know, that we're going to take you in this pick. And, and I was hyperventilating. I was so excited. I, I can't really remember anything that he said other than, you know, we believe in you. We think you're a great fit. Jeff Garcia was their quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a two time Pro Bowler um, at that point. Um, he was smaller than I was, and I just thought, man, if there wasn't a better fit for me than than there, I, I just was so grateful. And um, my next phone call when it, and you talked to all the coaches, so I talked to the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator, and then the general manager, and uh, it was it was really a cool thing. And then I put the phone down and my next call was Steve Young mm. and he called me. He's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're coming out here. And he was, he was really cool. And, um, so he started talking to me about West coast offense. I'm like, Steve, I, you're just speaking a foreign language to me right now. So <laughs> I, can I, can I get back to my family? <laughs> now uh, this is a guy you idolized Steve Young. He was Mr. BYU and he ran the football. You ran the football and to have him call you up. And now you're talking as professionals, what, what kind of rush is that? Uh, it was, I, like I said, it wasn't, nothing seemed real. It just I felt like I was in a dream the whole time. And everything about my first, my first year in the NFL from the, from the draft to the phone calls to a week later, I was, you know, down there in San Francisco, walking into four Super Bowl trophies and um, in their old facility. And, and, um, uh, those guys would come around. You'd see Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Steve Young would come around and you'd see all these old time 49ers that you just, you'd idolized your whole life. And if there was ever a team that, that I wanted to play for, that was my favorite team. It was them. So it just didn't seem real. It, the mm-hmm. whole thing was, was uh, pretty unbelievable. I think, I think you experienced that at, at every level because you, as a, as a player, you're trying to get to the next level. Right. And so you, you kind of put it, on a pedestal, you kind of idolize the, the people that are at that level. And then you get there and, and you kind of realize that you belong, right? That there's like this, uh, this moment where everything stops being surreal. For me, it was my second pass interference call in, <laughs> against Oklahoma. And, and I remember driving on the ball and I got there so fast, faster than I, th- I thought I, w- I would get there. And I and I I got there early, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I could have I could have I could have made a play on this." Yeah, we all thought that. Oh, by yeah. the way, you weren't alone. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm here. I, I I made. I could I could do this. Um, that was a moment for me where you know things stopped stopped being surreal. What, was there a moment that that you had uh, that you remember in the NFL where you said, "You know what? I belong. I'm I'm an NFL quarterback." Yeah, I, when, when I got out there, um, it started in minicamp right away when we started going to, you know, going to battle and running one-on-ones and throwing routes. And, and, um, but where it was for me, it was interesting, totally, totally unrelated from a game game day experience. But, but, you know, I I think those experiences were helpful. Um, but we were finishing our first mini camp. I'd been there for three days and they said, okay, everybody take your pads off, excuse me. And we're going to do our conditioning test. And I was like, conditioning test? What the heck is this? <laughs> and they said, we're going to do the beep test. Do you remember the beep test, Brian, at BYU? Nope. You know, I don't know if you ever, if I, you ever did I, it, I didn't have to do it. 
<laughs> so I said, we're going to do the beep test. And these guys start taking their cleats off, cutting their tape off their ankles, throwing tennis shoes on. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I, I had my cleats and my taped ankles on. And I just, um, and we started doing this conditioning test. And, um, it, it, when it, when it was all said and done, the last two people standing was Jeff Garcia and, and me. Mm. And, uh, and I, and I just, for me, it was just a massive boost. Cause I just knew that we can do anything we set our minds to. And nobody here, you know, I'm competing against has any more physical tools, except, I mean, as a quarterback and, um, I was grateful for it, but, you know, it's interesting in the NFL, it just it, things, you know, we're in college or anything for that matter. You just, <clears throat> you need to have the right opportunities, the right moments, and you have to capitalize. And, um, you know, I had those in college and in the NFL, I just, it, it just didn't materialize and your life goes in a different direction. And it's a short lived window. Yeah. And I was three years and it was over. So you have to capitalize when you get the chance. Former BYU and San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brandon Doman on The Wise Guys, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. What do you foresee ahead this weekend for Jaron Hall? I think he's going to have um, a great weekend. He's not in the first handful of picks, so <clears throat> it's going to be really interesting to see when he goes. Uh, there's a frenzy on, on the first handful of picks. Yeah. They go quick. And then once those once those go quick, then the teams start trying to posture themselves um, and, and get a quarterback as late as they can. So I think Darren's a, I mean, uh, Jaron is a is a, I, my opinion, he's a first three round guy. Um, but most the most important thing for him isn't when he goes in the draft. It's going to be who who picks him, and what opportunity is there. Who's the starting quarterback? Who does he get to learn from? What what staff? Uh, is on that in that um, locker room, and and uh, there's so many variables to be successful. So, be really interesting to see what opportunities he gets. Do you think uh, is there a team out there you think he would fit, or is it just so convoluted now that unless it's uh, someone that, that that doesn't have a Hall of Famer uh, behind the center, it seems like every job is open. There's so many good coaches right now. So many offenses. The, the, the game has changed and it fits him perfectly. Um, I wish I was coming out right now because of just the changes that have happened. It fit, it fit my personality and my playing style more today than it did back then. And Jaron, he fits beautifully into to what, the, what the teams are doing. He, you know, if you could wave a magic wand, um, you would want to go be a backup quarterback to one of the top five quarterbacks if you, yeah. if you could do that. Um, and whoever gets to be a Patrick Mahomes backup, whoever gets to play with Andrew, Andy Reid, um, it has the pick of the litter. It's just it's just the greatest opportunity. I thought there might have been a chance that Kansas City would have made a couple trades to get Zach Wilson to come in because it was a good fit. Yeah, uh, I think Jaron's Jaron's a good fit in that environment. But there's, I think there's five or six teams like that that would that would be good for him. If you could give Jaron, some advice based off of your experience. Um, what would you What would you tell him right now? Be ferocious. Have confidence, just like you said in that Oklahoma game. Don't question how good you are, and don't question your abilities. Uh, go in there with a ferocious, tenacious mentality. Don't take no for an answer. Compete like crazy, and have an expectation to be the very best, because they don't care. 
everybody's there to get there. Everyone's there to get a paycheck and you have to have a ferocious mindset or they'll eat you alive and get rid of you quickly. And, um, he's, if he doesn't go in there with that, with that mindset, it doesn't matter how good he is. And he, that, that, you know, if I could go back and do it again, um, I competed like crazy, but I don't know that I was as ferocious as I should have been or could have been, um, in those competitive situations. And I don't think I had the confidence that I probably could have had or should have had. And there's no, he's played two, two good solid years and uh, even more than that. So he should not look over his shoulder and just go compete like crazy. Brandon Doman on the wise guys tonight. He helped Lavelle Edwards win his final home game against New Mexico, his final road game against Utah. And he won Gary Croton's first 12 games in 2001. In what ways can Zach Wilson benefit from Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? Everybody has their own journey that they that they go on as a quarterback, and this will dictate his career for sure. Um, you know, everybody was ready to run Steve Young out of there in Tampa Bay. He, he just wasn't. Everyone thought that he was a, a product of the system at BYU, and and just was never going going to be an NFL guy. And 49ers pick him up, and he gets to sit behind the Joe Montana. And who who right now has a better uh, you know, pedigree or a better history of success in the NFL right now than Aaron Rodgers. So this has the potential of being the greatest thing that happened to Zach Wilson to watch this guy do what he does, learn as much as he can from him. He needs to um, regain, uh, you know, the locker room the best he can. And that's going to come from just his work ethic and his humility and his ability to do what he needs to do. But if he'll learn what he needs to learn from Aaron in a short window, let's call it two, three years, probably maximum. Um, and he and he's not 10 times better like Steve was, um, then he may not he, he may not last very long in this league. But but I, I suspect he's going to learn what he needs to and and have a next another shot at it. And when he does, I think he's going to be really good. Do you, do you think this move was um strategic as far as hey we we kind of stuck from the Jets perspective we're kind of stuck with Zach obviously he may not be the most marketable you know person right now from what happened um yeah and and so this is a way where hey you know we can bring somebody in we can win right now with our roster um and then let's just deal with Zach um when the time comes or do you think this was the other side uh of of this also bring somebody in that can win right now, but also, you know, maybe nurture and, and, and help him grow. I think it's the latter. Yeah. They can't win with Zach right now. They know what they've got in him. Um, and by bringing Aaron in and, and giving themselves a chance to win immediately, they have kind of a double, a double win here where they can get a really talented young quarterback prepared to play when Aaron's done. And I'm sure that that's the thought process here. A couple more minutes. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, tonight you're ready to reveal to the world your top five quarterbacks in NFL history. <laughs> five right. to one. <laughs> Starting with number five, going to number one. And uh, let's that's start right. with number five. Who do you got? Well, I, I've thought I thought about this, and I did not think about it 
before I came in. You've got got me on the spot. Um, Maybe I'll do my best to give you my my top five. Um, But I I do think that um, when I looked at it, the guys that have won the most or have had the most success or have the most trophies, um, I would pick. So uh, Joe Montana. Is that number uh, one? Is no? Is Joe Montana I, your number one? Or are you? I, I, I would pick Joe Montana number one because mm-hmm. he's just my favorite guy. Okay. Um, and I've got uh, Tom Brady up there. I've got uh, Brett Favre up there, and I've got um, Steve Young up there, and I've got um, Patrick Mahomes. Those are my five mm. top players. So Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Patrick Mahomes, Steve Young, Joe Montana. Tom Brady and uh, who did I say? I think I said five there. Yeah, Mahomes, Young, yeah. Favre, Brady, and Montana. As a Cowboy fan, yeah. there was no spot for Roger Staubach in there. Nothing. No, no, <laughs> no, Roger Staubach. <laughs> I, I, I had a hard time putting Tom Brady in there because he's slow. Mm. Really? Well, who would you bounce him out for? Who was who was like number six? I don't know. I love John Elway. Loved yeah. him. Love the way he played. A lot of people would just put Brady number one because of the trophies of the rings, yeah. and then maybe argue Montana, but you're going Montana. Yeah. I just, I, I love, I think Tom Brady arguably is the goat, but I, if I were choosing today, I would still choose Joe Montana over him. So pe- people bring up this argument a lot when it comes to LeBron and <clears throat> Jordan, they'll, they'll try to say, well, it's, it's two different errors, right? And, and, two different style of play the game was just was just different um is is that the is do you take that in consideration when you are um you know listening the top five without question that's what i'm i, I want to know would that guy how successful that guy be in the modern era because the athletes now are so unbelievable yeah and i think joe Mon- i think joe montana would even better i think he would have been better um and tom brady i think would have been great in both eras as well um but uh, and then the other guys i think are just unbelievable in the way they played the game from you know brett Favre and, and patrick mahomes they are you just have some un- unbelievable skills and abilities and then steve from a from a just a, a, a will grit determined determination to be great he he made he just made himself great by his focus and the way that he went about it and then he had the ability yeah are you pretty sure none of those guys could run the triple option like you though <laughs> no way <laughs> <Are> you, <kidding laughs> me? you know they all have their spots but you had to do all that it was like a magician <laughs> yeah yeah there's no way yeah I, I, there's probably there's probably five of the four of the five that could have but i don't know that tom brady could but the other guys probably have been awesome at it Let's finish with this. And were you surprised a little bit? Uh, you didn't play a lot in the alumni game, which surprised me. And John Beck came up and hogged most of the game time. But <laughs> but uh, I don't think you threw an incompletion. I thought you were zinging it. I talked to you for just a minute after the game while you were out signing autographs and giving hugs and stuff. But um, but your, your arm was uh, – you still got it. Man, I was so nervous going into that <laughs> thinking, can I throw a spiral? My second throw in warm-ups – I kid you not. My second throw in warmups went five feet over the receiver's head. He was ten <laughs> yards away from me. So I, I was like, "This is not going to be pretty." So the fact that 
the fact that I even able to complete passes was a massive win for me. Hey, you marched him right down, scored a touchdown, led Belo yeah. to a second consecutive Navy championship. So it feels good to be two and zero. Hey, thanks yeah. for your time tonight. Hey, thank you guys. Great job. Have a great night. Appreciate your insight as draft weekend is just a couple of days away for another BYU quarterback. And it was great to go down memory lane, even if you were in the kitchen. I did not know that you were in the kitchen that night. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, Coach. Love you. See you later, guys. Take care. Love you too, brother. The great Brandon Doman. How about that? He's in the kitchen. Tick because the Packers passed him. (laughs) Fortunately, the rest of the family was still watching TV. And they go, hey, even if you're going to the 49ers, that's so much better. He missed missed a moment. That's that's crazy. But um, that's it's it's funny how everything works out. Um, You know, uh, if he would have just been humble for one more second. (laughs) (laughs) He could have just been sitting there and all that stuff. That's so cool. Next week, Johnny Harleen is going to join the show. He's still open after all these years. Uh, and then we get into May. Michael Johansson, the executive director of the BYU Alumni Association, will be with us as the Cougars march into the Big 12. That's a big deal for alumni everywhere. Amber and Amari Whiting is join us next month. Gennaro Guilford, Fessy Sataki. We look forward to a super May following Johnny Harleen next week here on The Wise Guys. Let's, uh, let's get into a couple of campus notes while we got some time here. There's a lot going on. And, uh, and for men's basketball there were some good things going on while we, when we were, since we've been together last, uh, the Cougars got a big high school commit, four-star Isaac Davis, going to come play at BYU, six-foot-six power forward out of Ammon, Idaho, averaged seventeen point six points, nine rebounds during his junior season at Hillcrest High School. He's going to join four-star signee Colin Chandler on the floor at BYU for the Cougars' second season in the Big Twelve in twenty twenty four. Foos will be a senior. Um, everyone else currently on the team will be a little bit older. And so Mark Pope building the recruiting class, uh, you shop in the portal, but you got to get some high school kids, you know, those are your foundation pieces. And, and Isaac Davis, a big story this last week, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, well, obviously I'm, I'm excited, right? Cause this is, this is a, a big time kit, but as you were breaking down, uh, the the rest of the team, what they're going to look like, you know, guys are going to be a little bit older, have more experience. The first thing that that popped in my mind was, are these guys even going to be on the roster? You know, yeah, they 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 could be somewhere else. We anticipate that they will be because yeah, yeah. they still are. Yeah, and, but and, and, uh, in today's world, who knows? And and and, and so I, I I just think about the 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 challenges that basketball coaches have. I mean, I, I think football. It's safe to say it's easier, right? With going dealing with the, the transfer portal basketball i mean guys guys are leaving left and right and so you know how can how can you build a roster and sustain a roster when you look at on both sides the, the men and women's um championship teams or, or final four teams the biggest stat that stood out to me with 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 all of them was of how long they've been yeah. together yeah it's a dying thing right relationships are the key right, right. Yeah. relationships can hold them together for the most part mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the challenge of being a head coach now. You yeah. had paid a lot of money to try to figure that out. And BYU's trying to figure it out before they head into the toughest league in college basketball. Uh, the women's team trying to figure it out. Lauren Gustin went to the transfer portal on Sunday just before BYU's first year in the Big 12. She led the nation in rebounding. Uh, was on pace to become BYU's all-time leading rebounder. 
um, we text back and forth. She said that um, she was going to check her options out. Oh, okay. She's a grad student. Yeah. And I believe if you got your degree, check it out. Oh, yeah. Take yeah. a look around, Absolutely. see what's best. Uh, but she said it didn't mean she was leaving for good. It meant she was going to look around. Now, the pessimist <laughs> will always say, well, if they're looking, they're gone. Yeah. But sometimes they look around and they realize, I have a really good here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's up until she signs with somebody else, that's a possibility. Um, and then, uh, you know, and Amber Whiting's going to be with us here in a yeah. couple of weeks as she's put together already one of the best recruiting classes in program history, right. uh, regardless of what Gustin does. Yeah. But um, Dude, this one broke my heart, man. When you're it, the it, best it, rebounder in the country, it, yeah, it, you got to have them. The, the last. So I, I went to the last three games um, and shame on me. It was this was the first time I attended a women's basketball game <clears throat> since I've been here. I've been in, I've been to every other sport and, and every other match game, volleyball, all that. This is the first one. It took so a while, but you got it done. Yeah. I, I, I met, you know, I showed up and, um, and, and her storyline alone, um, you know, it, it, it brought the fan out of me. Right. And to see how hard she worked and, and hear her story behind the scenes, interviews and, and whatnot, I was like, man, I'm I'm a fan of her. I'm a fan of 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 the team. And so, you know, when your fan favorite leaves, it it does something to you. you yeah, know? And, it does. Um, it does it to every program. And I, I wrote a column at Deseret.com about it. And and my point was that hey, you know, you got a passport, a graduate. You're a graduate. You have a passport to travel the portal. Yeah. Uh, but you get a chance to look around, and then and you look at all the guys BYU football has added yep our guys who said you know what keaton slovis yep. hanging out down there that the rex is right. uh was like hey you know what it's my last year i'm gonna look around and and boy is kalani sataki glad he did yeah absolutely and the the other thing that i thought of too when i when i heard the news i thought maybe was there an nil you know yeah, type you got, of t- tampering where it's like hey because especially right she made she made a name for herself mm-hmm. right especially sure. i mean um, on another level. And so that's going to draw attention to you. So I, I wondered if, you know, somebody came and shook something. You know. Maybe. I do know that BYU's uh, guys are working hard to the last two days to oh, good. to come up with some oh, some okay. stuff to to welcome her back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, she's got a tough decision to make, but she's earned the opportunity to take a look around. She, yeah, you're you know? right. You're and, right. And, and let's hope she comes back. Right. Yeah. Um, men's volleyball. Give us an update on men's volleyball. Men's volleyball, uh, unfortunately, was eliminated in the semifinals by Stanford. At Stanford, yeah, um, the Cougars finished the season nineteen and seven and a perfect fourteen and zero at the Smithfield House. It's a great season. They miss on the NCAA's, but they were picked second to last in the MPSF. They took second and undefeated at home. Put on a show. Uh, That's got to be a good feeling. That to, was a good season to, to say. I, I didn't lose. We, we didn't lose at home. No, they played. Some, they swept Stanford at home, especially for. The I don't se- know if they swept them, but they beat them for the seniors, right? For the seniors to to leave. I mean, it's a young team too. Yeah. it's a rebuilding squad. Yeah. It was a good year for for them and the head coach. I know what it feels like to be in rebuilding years, and uh, if you start off, you start off slow, and you pick things up, and you have momentum riding into the next, you know, the next season, next season after that. Um, it's a good feeling. It's yeah. a good. It's a good feeling to overcome. Sean Olmstead, 150 career wins at BYU. He got that done this season. Women's golf finished second at the WCC Championships. Alicia May Mateo named first team all-conference 
for the third straight year. They had a seven-shot lead after the first round, but Pepperdine's really good. They ranked 17th in the country, and the Cougars couldn't hold them off. It was their last WCC event ever for women's golf. It's now Big 12 golf. How is that? And so the reality comes, as each sport shuts down, the reality comes of, hey, the next thing is the big thing. (laughs) Next thing is the the real thing, the big thing. Um, How is is golf in... The, in, in the Big 12. It's good. It's good. It's competitive. Oklahoma State's been good. Texas is always good. Uh, but but Kerry Roberts, who was on our show uh, last week, believes BYU's Big 12 ready. Men's uh, golf as well is Big 12 ready, and they've got a big week ahead. Um, I, I've, I've heard, and I've, I feel like a lot of our other our sports outside of football in the Big 12, um, you know, sports, it, well, I would say because of the WCC um, preparing uh, those teams to have it easier, I think, than basketball or football. <clears throat> and as I've, I've had those discussions, you know, a lot of a lot of at, at the end of those discussions, people say, you know what, I think those teams, you know, BYU's track or, or golf or whatever, soccer or whatever the case may be. Um, are probably better than a lot of those teams right now in the Big right, 12. For sure. Jen Rockwood said her program's Big 12 ready. Uh, she's going to join us next month when the schedule comes out. Uh, but they'll be the first, along with women's volleyball, who's Big 12 ready. They'll be the first sports to compete in the Big 12. And then we'll wait for football, you know, later in when, 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 when is that? When they start in August. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they'll be the pioneers, first yeah, ones in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men's golf won the 58th. Cougar Classic for the second straight season. They beat the field by eight shots. They're at the WCC Championships in Bremerton, Washington. Same course as the women from last week. That's Thursday through Saturday of this week, and we extend uh, Coach Brock Bank and the Cougars the best of luck. And how about softball? Utah State at BYU right now on the BYU TV app. Uh, Utah Tech at BYU Wednesday, 5 p.m. Mountain. That's on BYU TV. And then San Diego at BYU Friday, 5 p.m. Mountain, doubleheader on BYU TV, on the BYU TV app. And then Saturday at 1 p.m. Mountain on the BYU TV app. John on YouTube, thank you. Uh, BYU beat Stanford 3-1 to on Friday and then 3-0 on Saturday. So they swept, swept the two-game series. Baseball 17-21, and but they're starting to hit the ball. Uh, they swept UNC Greensboro over the weekend. The bats are hot. They scored 46 runs during the three-game series. Ooh. 46. Ooh. Greensboro didn't have any great pitching, but you still had to hit it. <laughs> yeah, right. Third baseman exactly. Austin Deming, four home runs, including a grand slam, 14 RBI collected over the series. Now, the, the awards just keep coming in for him. He's the WCC, Perfect Game, Collegiate Baseball Newspaper, and National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Player of the Week. Wow. You're like almost president. <laughs> you get one more, you're president. Uh, and this week, they got a huge series starting Thursday against Portland, back in conference play. They're one game out of second place in the loss column. Um, Thursday night, Six Mountain on the BYU TV app, and then Friday night, Six Mountain on BYU TV. Saturday at 1 Mountain on BYU TV, Gary Scheide, Jason Shepard, and I will be on the call. That's a big series, and by the way, it's supposed to be in the 60s all three days, and 70 on Saturday, so the park will be lively without parkas. We want a park without parkas. (laughs) That's what we got, uh, and we look forward to baseball uh, this week. I I think I might go to that game. You should. You no, know, now that I'm now that I'm back um, down here in 
and Orem Provo. Um, and you know, yeah, welcome b- back. Yeah, welcome it's, to Utah it's, County. It feels it feels it feels really good to be back. Um, <laughs> but but also feels what what feels good is this. You know, um, hearing these stories. Um, you know, with with Byron and and again, I, I I'm not like most uh, athletes where most of our athletes they grow up watching and being fans, um, and so they had the luxury you know to to grow up watching the game or watching BYU and then you know playing for them. Right. With me, it, it was just just playing for them, and so hearing these stories are, I feel like a, like a kid in the candy shop. You know, and we all know how many cavities I have. Um, <laughs> you spent a lot of time in the shop, <laughs> and, and 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 I just have these moments. You know, when I'm when I'm hearing these stories and I'm and I'm interacting and doing these things, where, like 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 Coach Doman said, it felt surreal, and it felt it feels surreal for me because, um, I didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. You know, so so this this place is this place is special. Um, you know, lots of good memories are made. I still have memories. You know. When I played, I have new memories now of watching the girls play. So, yeah, save me, save me, save me a seat. Can I come up in the booth with you? Yeah, sure. Pop up. <laughs> All pop right, up. I'm there. Hey, let's pitch these uh, before we do our closing thoughts. These uh, bobbleheads right here. Uh, you can get half price on these babies. They're a great gift for the kids, and the holidays are coming up. You know, it's always just around the corner. Anyway, use the hashtag or the the code. Uh, YS guys, YS guys, 50. That's the promo code that can get you 50% off each one of these cosmos football. There's Elvis football, soccer, basketball, volleyball, and baseball. They're pretty cool. And, uh, anyway, like 10 bucks. Once you use the promo code wise guys, YS guys, 50, uh, at the BYU store. So we're trying to help you with your holiday nice. shopping. And let's not forget your birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank Happy you. Happy birthday. Appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of April 25th, on this day, and let's wrap up with this. We love doing it because it's amazing our history uh, and some of the craziest things and some of the most important things. Uh, they're they're all over the calendar, and you pop up, and until you hear them, you're like, oh, wow, that happened on this day back in whatever. Mm-hmm. So here we are on April 25th, and on this day in 1792, the guillotine was first used in France at the expense of highwayman Nicolas Peltier. <laughs> The first one to the guillotine. Now, here's the thing. Let's say you were in a meeting and you're trying to come up with new ways to do destructive things. And some guy goes, hey, I got an idea. What about, what about the guillotine? And then everyone votes. That's a great idea. And then they start using it. I shouldn't it. be laughing. Well, I mean, we're just thinking about the, the, the ideology of back then of when that seemed like a good idea. Somebody was mad. All right, let's move on. Like really mad. 1876 on this day. Um, first Cubs game in the National League beat Louisville four to zero. And you know what? This show keeps tabs on big days in Cub <laughs> history. Nineteen oh one, New York becomes the first state to require automobile license plates. Mm. We all have them. That's, that's hmm. on this day, nineteen oh one. New York said, "Hey, here we go." Interesting. Um, Nineteen seventy six, um, Cubs center fielder. Rick Monday rescues the U.S. flag from two fans who are on the field trying to set it on I fire. I remember seeing this as a kid, and I've seen it since. Um, yeah, it's, it, they're out there trying to light it on fire in the, in the outfield, and he runs and grabs it That's and crazy. takes off. Uh, Rick Monday, I think he was a big Dodger, but, but uh, he was for the Cubs, 1976. 1990, the Hubble telescopes placed into orbit by the space shuttle Discovery. The, uh, can, 
all the amazing pictures that come back from that telescope. It was put up there in 1990. I probably shouldn't comment on this because you know how I feel about space. <laughs> <laughs> That's another show. 1994, Southern California receives 14 inches of snow. What? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, w- I was born in 88, so I was, what, six? Yeah. I, um, I know back home. Do you home, remember? No, no. So I know back home in San Francisco, when it gets to like 75 degrees, people have heat strokes. You know, because because they're not they're not used to it. So people had to be flipping out about this. I remember on my mission in Texas when it just got a little bit of snow, the whole place shut down. <laughs> like, snow day. We don't even have any snow trucks. We don't even invest in that stuff. I can only imagine Southern California oh. with 14 inches of snow. Probably didn't yeah. stick around very long, but but for a for a few hours, yeah. probably just paralyzed the whole the whole place. Yeah. Well, I, I have a. I have another comment about that too. It's probably man-made snow, so because <laughs> it's Hollywood. The, the snow wasn't just in Hollywood. All right, birthdays on this day, April twenty-fifth, eighteen seventy-four. Uh, Marconi, Guglielmo, Guglielmo, Marconi, the pioneer of radio. We mm-hmm. all have grown up with the radio. It had to start somewhere. The guy who helped start it was born on this day in eighteen seventy-four. Well, thank you for him. That's yeah. He's giving us some jobs. Um, 1917, Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. I don't know who that is. She's a great singer. Oh, okay. We're going to hear a quote from her in a minute. Okay. Al Pacino, 1940. I know, I know of, of him. Yeah. You know, the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen any movies, honestly. You haven't seen, seen any Al Pacino movies? Nope. No. He's got a lot of them. Well, I, no, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen like any Godfathers. stereotype or mob movies. Yeah. But he's in a bunch of movies. I, yeah. No, I've seen, I've seen movies of him, but I haven't seen the Godfather. And, my mom's favorite movie is Godfather, which is interesting. That is interesting. Uh, 19, She's a fascinating woman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, she, you know, she raised me alone, so she is fascinating. <laughs> 1962, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner. Yeah. He's, born. He's got his hand he on a whole lot of things, the direction of the NBA. 1967, uh, our friend Jane Clayson, born on April 25th. We hung out together in college, and she went on to a big broadcasting career, and and uh, is doing great. So 1967. Our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week is from Ella Fitzgerald, who said, just don't give up trying to do what you really want to do. Where there's love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. Does that not sum up your football career? It does. Um, man. Just keep doing what you think you can do. And if there's love and inspiration, you can't go wrong. And it, and it took you to... Uh, Junior college took you to BYU. It took you to the secondary against Oklahoma when you beat the number three Sooners in front of 80,000 Sooner fans and Dallas Cowboys Stadium and yeah. all that other stuff. I, I remember when San Diego, this, this quote reminds me of San Diego State taking my scholarship away. And um, there's a period where you, where you have to sign as a junior college or else, you know, schools will uh, take back the scholarship. And um, I had Sacramento State was the only one I had left because I had told other schools I was, I was committed. And um, I remember crying and thinking this is my opportunity. My opportunity to go D1 was gone. Because and, you, because the Aztecs pulled the scholarship? Yep. And it was so little time to, to you know, get my name out there and start, you know, uh, you know getting schools to, to look at me. And um, I remember I started fasting. First, I apologized to God. I said, sorry for making moves without you. 
And then I started fasting. Those are words to live by. <laughs> I started fasting and I started having dreams with um, that I was playing in a stadium with a white helmet and a blue jersey. Really? And and I and I remember my mom. And you didn't think it was Penn State? I didn't know what what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was it, it was Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I didn't know what it, I just didn't know at the, really? at the time. And so Sacramento State comes and my mom's like crying like. Please, t- please go there. And I'm like, they don't got a white helmet and a blue jersey. And um, it's like, what are you nuts? And 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 I remember my grandma was like, I'm proud of you for sticking the course and going D1. She didn't know nobody knew at the time I was having these dreams. I didn't, you know, but my grandma was was you know said the same thing with this quote like, I'm proud of you because everybody else in the family is telling you to you know go a route that you do, you don't want to go. And uh, so yeah. you're telling me that you followed your dreams. I did. Yeah, I thought, well, I followed Jesus first. I followed God first, and uh, He led me to, to to my dreams. Thanks for pinching on the wise guys. Anytime. This is part of that, by the way. <laughs> this is this is part of that. Thank you, thank Brandon Doman and Byron Rex as well. Uh, good luck to the Cougars in the NFL draft coming this weekend. We'll uh, recap it all with Johnny Harleen. Uh, next week on The Wise Guys. The podcast will be up tomorrow. We encourage you to share it with your friends. And again, uh, please go to our uh, our site on YouTube and uh, subscribe. It's free. And uh, at wiseguys.com, you can sign up for the uh, free newsletter. We'll give you highlights of, of each show sent to you each week. And uh, and then look for our little clips up on YouTube as well as we uh, we conquer the world. Uh, what a great show tonight. This was good, Byron man. was awesome. Who knew that Keaton Slovis and Isaac were sitting in the next room watching the NBA playoffs while we're talking to Byron about uh, about his experience carting off Isaac at the Coliseum? I mean, you can't plan that stuff. I know, I know. And then Doman sitting in the kitchen (laughs) when the 49ers are announced on TV that they're taking him, and he doesn't even know it. The family erupts in the other room and... And uh, that's that's real stuff. Yeah, good stuff. And yes. and your stuff is classic as well. So thank you very much. The great Brian Logan. Blaine will be back uh, next week. I'm Dave McCann. Thanks for listening to The Wise Guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.